Now, go. Hello, and welcome to the July 18th episode of the Pathfinders podcast. I am Trio311. Hello, everyone. I am Nazrez. And we are the Pathfinders. We're, and if uh, you are new to the podcast, new to the stream, new to the YouTube channel, um, you uh, may not realize it, but we are the Pathfinders, and we are charting our way through the vast nebulous information surrounding Star Citizen and its development. This is our second episode where I am coming to you from my cozy hotel room in blistering hot southeast New Mexico. Fun. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Super. At least I'm in class inside yeah. all day and not outside sweating my butt cheeks off. But uh, next week, next Monday, uh, where we will be hopefully back to our regularly scheduled content, I will be home and in my, my cozy studio in my office. So looking yeah. forward to that. I think what we'll do next week is uh, do a brief summary of the roadmap just to get back on schedule. Oh, yeah, because we have an update this mm -hmm. Wednesday. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just kind of like fly through it real quick, not do the whole deep dive. I think yeah, we'll do... shouldn't be... I think they are pretty much done with the downstream teams. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, too. A few more. I think what we'll end up doing is going a, a deep roadmap like we did last time, once a month, like these uh, monthly reports. Mm -hmm. And then all the other ones, just kind of brief overviews. So. Oh, and that reminds me, we'll have to talk offline, but I've got an idea for our Spectrum Pulse. Oh? Yeah. It might be kind of big. It might be something we just need to tag team and do together in conjunction with the short roadmap update. Maybe. I don't know. No? I, I, I've just started digging, and it's kind of hard to do on my laptop, but there's a lot there. There should be a lot. And it might be something that we might not need to split up. Okay. Interesting. I, I'm very much oh, intrigued. I lost your audio. Uh, to you? Because I have my audio to the stream. Here, is that better? Sometimes I have to do this. Oh, now I have you doubled. Uh oh. Can, can you hear me? me? Give me a, a thumbs, thumbs up if you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Do you, there we go. Do you have uh, the OBS Ninja unmuted? I don't even have OBS. I don't have OBS on the computer. I just have the the the, the, the video ninja thing. Oh, it, it's giving me a little mute icon in Video Ninja on, on your camera. Uh, whatever, whatever that was. Okay, so technical difficulties, everyone. Oh, <laughs> Did you figure it? I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got you. Okay, so that put me there and there. Now I just need you to not be there. Can you now say something? I am still here. No more echo! <laughs> <laughs> so the problem was, at the beginning, the first like couple minutes, I had both of us coming through the exact same output because I had 
video ninja doing both the outputs back into my headphones. Mm -hmm. So I was getting a weird echo, and that was going to just make me go insane. So I tried to fix it, and then you couldn't hear me because I wasn't then displaying from ninja anymore. Okay. Man. This stuff is so complicated. I'm so glad that you're the one who has to deal with it. I'm much <laughs> rather do is it, like... read thing, read, write things, and drink beer. <laughs> Man, I I would love to see what our audio setup would look like if this was live, like in one room, because mm -hmm. the amount of wires that would have to be that would have to happen to do exactly what I just said. It would be a serious spider's nest. <laughs> yes, it would. All right. Shall we, shall we get into yeah. the reports? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, th this week's episode, following up on the uh, the updates from the roadmap that we did last week, um, and those I, I really enjoy when we get the the downstream teams. We talked about that. You know, it gives you a lot of uh, insight into their their development cadence yep. uh, and what they're what they're prioritizing. But yep. uh, the this week we're going over the Squadron Forty Two and uh, uh, Star Citizen monthly reports. Um, whenever those come out, we collate them into a single document, uh, and then we go through um, sort of section by section, uh, alternating um, talking about uh, you know we'll read through those sections. Uh, we don't um, sometimes when you read the monthly reports, you'll see that okay this segment had a repeat of this in the Squadron Forty Two and the PU monthly reports, and so that's why we make it into a single document but we separate it based off of the team. So like if there's separate information that's in for like, um, you know, a, you know the, the AI for Squadron 42 and the AI for the PU, we'll, we'll separate those two out. But if it's the same thing for VFX on both teams, then we, you know, just make it a, a single um, single piece and that way we're not repeating ourselves. Yep. And then uh, we, each, uh, we each split it, we split it up and we take turns going over it and we provide our commentary and then we uh, um, you know, have a little bit of dialogue back and forth surrounding the things because you know, the monthly reports are just so so informative um, and they dense. have so much they're, great they're information. Dense is what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they can get really dense and some things are less dense and other things it's like, oh my gosh, the engine. <laughs> is why yeah. we always Like the two ends of the spectrum, the community team and the engine team. Community yeah, team, yeah. you know everything they've worked on you see it is front facing every word they print you know engine in team 90 percent of their work is just nebulous as all get out it's just like they changed like fifty thousand lines of code this week it's just like and they like deal with acronyms that i still can't well, find yeah. definitions they for acronyms and words like tessellation and render proxies and <laughs> tessellation it like what i learned what tessellation I'm like, wow, games are going to be so much more high quality now that they have this ability. Like, I mean, yes, but now Minecraft has just, like, shaders. It, it's such a simple calculation. Like, it's just basically making 3D textures look, uh, 3D, or 2D textures look. Mm -hmm. Well, to, uh, to start off the, uh, the monthly reports, um, let's see where. Uh, so start off. I like to read out the two headers. Oh yeah. Uh, so the Persistent Universe Monthly Report, to June, twenty twenty two. 
LVF 317.2 is on the horizon. So this month's report features a mix of features you'll be expecting very soon, and to look forward to in the coming months and beyond. Read on for all the details. Squadron 42 uh, header. Welcome to the June Squadron 42 development report. In close, you'll find details on the latest progress made across the campaign, including updates to human combat, bolt weaponry, and space flight mechanics. Thank you for your continued support of Squadron 42. Or CIG. I just like reading those because they are like quotes from the basic. And it gives you a nice little yeah, like, they, uh, what, what's in there? Little, yeah, a little pre-report summary. Yep. So we got stuff like 317. There's a lot of 317 in here. Like there always is with these reports. Like we're working on the latest patch, obviously. Um, but specifically on in the squadron 42 one it says like stuff that like co campaign human combat bolt weapons which we did talk about on, in our last episode which is now on uh spotify and uh youtube so check those out um and flight mechanic i it must have been in, in one of yours because i didn't read anything about flight mechanic space flight specifically i know there was stuff in their vehicles Unless they're talking about the AI stuff. I wonder if they're talking about the yeah, because they, they they were talking about the the splines uh, and the Orca 3D system, which is what they use for the uh, sort of dynamic spline flying, which is oh. I mean, cool. <laughs> I thought Orca. I have no idea. The only thing I can think of is like the way you know you remember when they showed it in ISC and yeah, how, you know, you know yeah. dives down like that. Yeah. It's very killer whale esque. Sure. <laughs> anyway. Alright, so starting off, um, I made sure the cadence just for tree is going to land on me having the engine team. He seems to like it that way. Yes. So I worked backwards from the engine team. <laughs> so I made sure. So anyway, I get to start off with the AI content teams. Uh, so it says in June, so the first one, there wasn't much able to break this down, so I'm just going to read these two paragraphs outright. As far as the start citizen side is concerned, it says in June a, narr a new narrative focused AI designer joined the team, began improving the current shop behavior by expanding on the variety of voices and dialogue. However, this AI is a placeholder until it finishes bringing the bartender to support, or support different shop types, including food, clothing, and weapons. Further progress was also made on dynamic conversations. Previous report, which has been a lot recently. Um, and it says the team also set up the leisure behavior AI to use mobile glass if usables. Upon review, these animations were deemed too generic or unconvincing, so the designers are now undertaking pre-visualization to add more. So, that's a, a good, like, that last paragraph is a very, like, glimpse into why stuff gets delayed. It was built, it got to a point, like, not good enough. Rolled it back, now back in preview. Uh, and then apparently, like everything's the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's the the two paragraphs like sort of complement each other. Mm -hmm. One, they're getting a whole lot done. You know, they're working on converting the bartender to support different shops. They're working on the dynamic conversations, you know, which will be you know, really interesting to actually see the AI stopping and talking to each other, and, and you know, having being able to have conversations with them eventually. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, hey, they worked really hard on this, but it wasn't up to snuff. And so I, we're I gonna... think my 
favorite sentence in here is expanding the variety of voices and dialogue. Mm -hmm. The five lines we have are getting really dumb. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't mind the five lines we have as much if they were contextual. If they yeah. were like, if you drop something on the floor, then you, the guy says um, something along the lines, but I can't feel put stuff uh, where they got it. Uh, or it, it, I, I know they can't use the schedule yet. They is not set up for it. <coughs> but what's the what's the other one? I really hate. Uh, there's just one super passive aggressive one that just always just like I've done nothing to you. Why do you hate me so much? I just walked in the door. I know. Uh, and then there's like the one that you if you just stand around too long, you'll end up hearing the uh, welcome back just over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope this works on the voices and variety. When that comes in, we have contextual dialogue. And if you're standing within the shop, they don't say welcome back. If you haven't left. Also. Or no one else has walked in the door. Right. Right. I wonder... I'm the only one on Port Alisar right now. <laughs> the server is empty. Who are you talking oh. to? <laughs> I wonder how long and if they're actually planning a AI memory. Because shopkeeps are probably not going to be virtual NPCs. Because those, are, those yeah. are for story NPCs. Like story NPCs. So, normal shopkeep shouldn't have the ability to do the virtual NPC, like, story-driven data. So it shouldn't be a caching name or uh, collecting data to, to return in a later date. But if they have a dialogue that plays Welcome Back, how long would it, should it keep your identity known to that NPC? Yeah, that'd be really interesting to to see how that comes about you know because if you come back you know two days later you know will they remember you will they recall Honestly, you they could do it a really you? easy way if they did it um in a <coughs> reputation based basically you get a reputation of not zero the second you buy anything yeah and then you come back and you can, your client can just say to the server hey i've shopped here before and so it will just say oh don't use that line yeah welcome back or yeah yeah, and that way, like the more stuff you, can you only buy, say it once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, only one. But yeah, that's just contextualizing the more stuff you buy, environment. Yeah, the the, uh, the the greetings have a, a scale based off of yeah. you know, affinity towards you. you know, I've spent you know seventy thousand credits in your store over you know a, a period of one. So month cool! Something. If shopkeepers could actually give you different lines depending on your reputation, the store. Hey, look, it's my favorite customer. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh. And then you could have, like, discounted items for you specifically or for certain years of reputation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I imagine that they've thought about this. I, I don't think I I could or even both of us come up with something that most of a thousand people haven't. Yeah. So, so this has got to be somewhere in there. I just, I don't know. Okay. Um, okay, so I didn't even read the second paragraph, but the second part for two sides. All right. So how I write is mostly in PowerPoint. Um, so I just have basically chunks of notes that were there. Um, I don't add flavor to them much. But anyway, work on the master at arms behavior. Bartender, but interacts with different usables, plays dialogue options, um, polish on graves and Kelly's movement cycles, 
from the result of a mocap re-delivery, so they had it, they just kind of recorded it, and go back to the mocap. It was more of a, a polishing or a re-importing. Um, the landing officer can is now finished and integrated. They now can be viewed from the cockpit display uh, as solely, solely seeing the AI cockpit visor proof talent. Uh, lastly, AI content received essential bug fixes from AI tech to allow the movement of trolleys from multiple alignment points. The AI can now move wheeled. Can now move. I I can do this. <laughs> the AI can now wheel a diagnostic cart towards and away from a Gladius when it lands. This allows the team to include their work on this part of the deck crew behavior. So a higher chunk just done. Um, Master Arms, we, we like we saw the, like the very first one, like the the vertical slice. I picked up the, five the years knife. ago. Yeah, I, I imagine like everything to do with that character has been thrown out the door because they didn't have the bar. Yeah, at that it point. was it was a, a proof of concept. It yeah, was it was just in to and get the vertical slice. Versus... Yeah. yeah. Um. In in the paragraph about the uh, polished walking cycle. Um, it, it basically said uh, they haven't touched it in some time, so they've kind of like degraded as everything else has gotten better. Uh, so it's good that they're like, more polish, more finishing. Uh, the QOL of being able to see the deck crew, the, the cockpit screen's not just out the window. Nice, because not everything mm -hmm. has a nice window to look out. Like, if you're in something like, what, what has, like, large edges? I mean, if you're in, like, a Scorpius, that doesn't have very good sight lines to go down. Like, if you look in the, uh, what did they do it? I, like a, a rendered texture thing onto one of the, the, well, uh, Yeah, it might be a rendered texture. Uh, but yeah, either way, you'll be able to see the, the deck crew doing it, his sighting to tell you where you need to go, what maneuvers you need to pull. Uh, instead of just having to look at them and do your new. Um, good. I think the next to well. Um, and diagnostic carts. I, I want to see that, like, I want to see that in action. Just, just give me them doing a diagnostic, diagnostic cart thing. And does it do anything? Or is it just set dressing? Those are cool things. And next one is AI tech. Awesome. Um, so uh, the uh, sort of continuing off of the, uh, you talked about the use of trolleys and they, they talk about that in AI tech. Um, and that's something that I'm really looking forward to because what they're building for Squadron 42 with the use of um, the AI in the hangar, you know, using things like the, the diagnostics uh, cart or the refueling equipment um, and, and uh, ladders and stuff for repair, all that stuff will get utilized and expanded upon for the PU. And so I'm really looking forward to that really immersive experience where you land in the hangar and you know you you request you know rearming, you request repair, request refueling, and the assigned AI you know come out from behind a, a door and do their thing. You know, that'll be just super cool to see. Um, so that's why I've been following that work because I think it's really interesting. 
So for AI tech, for the PU, it's act, this one's actually pretty long. Um, one of AI tech's focuses in June was optimizing and improving Alpha 3.17.2. This involved adding functionality for the planetary nav mesh and AI reinforcement features. So these things are huge. I don't think people realize how important they are. Um, because just like the bartender is the for, you know the initial implementation for the shopkeeper AI, you know that will be used um, systemically to populate the rest of the shops um, in a variety of different ways. Instead of just copying and pasting the same person, it'll be the the behaviors. You know, this is the base, and then they're going to expand it, and that way you can use them um, all over the place, and you know have more dynamic and more realistic behaviors for for shopkeepers. Well, the, um, this is, you know, and this is a quote, this is the first iteration of the nav mesh and reinforcement features, but we are extremely proud and excited to see them available to all of you, AI tech team. Um, so this, like the, um, we'll, we'll get down to it, but this stuff, you know, where the AI is able to pilot a ship from space down to the ground and um, land the ship and drop off people and they, those people can get off the ship and walk around on the surface of the planet and do things. You know, this is the first implementation of it, but it's a system that they will build on in order to do everything else that NPCs would do when, you know, flying a ship down to the, you know, down to the planet, then getting off the ship and going to do stuff and vice versa. You know, it's a simple uh, inversion in order to make it so that way, you know, the, you know, you, you've rescued someone or, or you've helped someone out, you know, you, you've done some sort of task or you know, whatever, and then the AI are going to get picked up, you know, um, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, or, or if they're not doing reinforcements, they're doing something else, um, you know, coming down to, you know, help you with some sort of task, any, you know, that, that could be, you know, anything. Um, Maybe they're not coming down to reinforce you tactically, you know, tactically, but they're coming down to help you with repair or to provide medical aid, uh, you know, or, or to uh, refuel your ship, you know, uh, or, or a ground vehicle, that sort of thing. So, yeah, moving on. Uh, work continued on the locomotion code. This included uh, improving the transitions between different locomotion states by further developing the initial implementation of pose matching. They also implemented linear speed warping, including a way to dynamically calculate a spline into a specific post. For example, the enter position of a usable. This allows the team to make the transition between movement and interactive objects smoother and more believable. They also began improving fix and fixing idle steps, which are special animations used for extremely short paths. Um, so this is really cool because it's going to make it so that way when a, uh, the AI are you know they're walking along and then they get to where they're going to do something and then they transition into the um you know the, the pose to interact with something that that transition is uh, looks more realistic it isn't so blocky stuttery robotic looking uh, you know, so that you know these things yeah it doesn't snap into that uh, that animation from the walking animation um, so that's really cool uh, I, i'd love to see you like walk the Basically, tour just again with stuff we have now, because um, mm-hmm. I remember them walking out the hallway, and they would oh, yeah. they would snap between the walking animations. So mm-hmm. specifically, there's the one where you walk the you're going into the hallway, and there's like three people in the hallway, and you're walking in behind Morrow, and the guys walking and snap to walking high, and then snap back to walking. It's like mm-hmm. 
this fixes that. And also, but getting a usable. I don't know if anyone actually did a usable WoW. Tomorrow. Um, I don't know about the Morrow tour, but uh, you'll see it. Um, there's been examples of it with uh, uh, Invictus Launch Week on the Javelin tour. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So we'll, yeah, we'll see some of those. The latest, next, uh, yeah. Um, and like with NPCs walking around you in in the cities. Oh you know, yeah. Instead of I didn't even think like you know like this awkward transition to you know going around you, you know, yeah. it's all weird. You know, it should look more smoothly to where they're walking around you. They should have uh, a destination. Yeah. That's yeah. super uh, for 3D navigation. So that, you know, that's more 2D navigation, you know, walking around on the surface. For 3D navigation, the team improved the implementation of Orca 3D. <laughs> you know, whale, whale song. Uh, for collision avoidance <laughs> and continue to develop brake spots. I speak well. uh, and continue to develop brake splines. Brake splines can be dynamically attached to the systemic movement of any, any entity that uses 3D movement. Currently ships but will include characters in EVA in the future. The entity can then select the appropriate spline based on its skills and direction and other conditions before smoothing its entrance, allowing it to perform a cinematic movement into a uh, allowing it to perform a cinematic movement into a systemic behavior. Um, so, you know, you, your, your NPC is flying along on a ship and they want to land over here. And so they'll, you know, depending on how good of a pilot they are, or how aggressive a pilot they are, you know, will it, the, these factors will influence, you know, how they break spline into that landing um, onto, you know, onto the surface. Or when they talk about it with EVA, It'll be you know, the characters moving in EVA before, you know, okay, you're, you're moving in EVA and then you're, you know, how they orient themselves to get into um, something with gravity. Uh, so that it's just a, another piece of really cool um, AI tech, you I, know, and AI behaviors that, I, I you know, that yeah, they're, they're building the, the base implementation of it. Um, but one of the things that I, I thought about was, you know, they're, um, uh, to, 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 to. The the entity can then select the appropriate spline based on its skills, direction, and other conditions before smoothing its entrance. So its skills. Well, how do you know what skills that the the AI has? Well, if the AI has. Uh, yeah, these are the things that they talked about in the quantum presentation with your AI, uh, with the uh, with, with quanta and their different uh, traits. So if you know, if a quanta has the the pilot trait and is a pilot, are they an aggressive pilot? Are they an, are they a cautious pilot? You know that uh, that sort of thing. Those are the things that will dictate or or determine what their flight patterns look like. Not only just flying around in space and and doing that sort of thing, uh, but how they land on the planet. And to me, that's just super cool that you know these these behaviors are influenced by a system like quanta in order to make you know, everything not look so repeated, uh, so samey. Uh, so it's it's really cool. I for for the AI, uh, AI uh, crew, the NPC crew, and mm -hmm. to be able to have just a terrible pilot, it's like, okay, we need to land now. 
Come on, man. Look what you did to the landing gear. Well, you only pay me 250 credits I mean, credits we can day, land so. once. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I can't wait. That's going to be so, like... Can you imagine, like, chartering a flight, you know, uh, to, oh, hey, I need you to bring my team here. Uh, we're going to be working on salvaging this derelict, you know. Or like second We just need you to drop us and our gear off. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you, know, you come to a hard landing, and everybody in your team has a tier one injury, you know, because we all, like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, or, or like the torque non- our backs from the hard landing. Yeah, the non-official uh, commercial flight. The like, you, you got a seat Tier on a three hauler. Injury. Tier three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the guy, like the ship's all banged up. Like there's mm-hmm. there's parts falling off the inside. Like you like limp into the next station. Like <laughs> that. P persistent entity streaming uh, is storing the information for this. Uh, uh, the subsumption AI's ship, and you know he, he's a uh, a bad he's a, a pilot, but he also has the drunkard behavior, oh, no. <laughs> or the drunkard trait. Yeah, um, just just you just gotta memorize where all the escape pods are on every ship. Don't don't fly a drink yeah. ship. Don't commercially fly a drink ship. <laughs> uh, for trolley use, uh, and this is going back to what you were talking about. The team focused on tasks to allow an NPC using a usable in this case, a movable object, to be dynamically attached to another usable, such as a parking spot. Um, they also supported the trolley lightweight update, the trolley lightweight update and tweaked path following to allow it to minimize the distance of the trolley from the path. Um, you know, trolleys, like I said, it's just one example, but it, this is tech that they will use throughout the game in order for AI and uh, NPCs to do just about anything, you know, pushing a, uh, a medication cart through a hospital or um, a procedure cart through a hospital, you know, the working in the hangar to do stuff, you know, moving equipment uh, um, and crates around um, in the, um, uh, not the refinery decks, the cargo decks, um, you know, that sort of thing. You know, it is all, these are systemic behaviors that will get you know, copy paste and, and adjusted over here and utilized again and again and again. Um, on the subsumption side, multiple tool aspects were upgraded and bugs were fixed to move development into the improvement phase. A new panel was added to give an advanced selection parameters when the drop-down menu becomes too large. So, um, the, the, you know, they we already have subsumption AI and and people, not all of it. A lot. Of, it's pretty neutered in the PU uh, because of the server performance, but they're already working on improving, you know, polishing uh, the subsumption AI behaviors. Um, so it's it, it, a good indicator of where they are. Uh, I think they're also a bit held back by, I don't know if it's persistent or something. There is there is another piece of the server architect not in yet. Don't have my four hour schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, for AI tech for Squadron 42, it's just one point at paragraph, but this is kind of interesting. Um, June saw AI tech prototyping a set of fauna behaviors, focusing on the implementation of the entity class, verifying that all the components can function correctly on creatures. 
They're currently setting up animations, an initial version of the B space, a basic creature roaming behavior, and a basic combat behavior based on the combo melee system used by the FanDuel. Uh, I found it interesting that it was the Squadron 42 AI tech team that are leading the charge on fauna behaviors. I, I'm just, uh, I'm imagining. Hmm, yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, if they had some sort of, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, hunter hound type animal. You, I'm just imagining like, like uh, Luke Skywalker, the, the cave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and the, uh, uh, crap, what's the, what's the, the Yeti from called? The Boreal Stalker? No, not, not the one from Star Citizen, but what's the, the Yeti from Star Wars? Is it not just a no. Yeti? No, it had a name. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. All I know of those is the Yeti. Yep. <laughs> that, 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 I'm, I'm imagining one of those kind of scenes. <laughs> you know, you, you crash your ship after getting in a dogfight, and you, know, you take shelter in a cave, and yeah. you know, here comes the that's high really, crab thing. Yeah, it's really telling that the Squadron 42 team is working on it because mm -hmm. it confirms you will have hostile creature interaction in Squadron. Yeah. Uh, but also yeah, that... Basic combat behavior. Yeah. Yeah. But it also confirms that it will... Hostile creature, at the very least, will be done before Squadron. So it's not something mm -hmm. that you kick down the road. Definitely. We will have Pyrocrab, Portal Stalker, very not well within the next two years at the very least because it will be basically top paste of that behavior into the boreal soccer which they talked about skinning and rigging last year. so they have them now they're working ai for and now that they have uh navigation mesh it, it all comes together <laughs> so they have movement the, the things that we don't have or that will be farther out is the uh Passive neutral, so passive mm -hmm. would be the, uh, Kazi Grazer, um, and mm -hmm. then I don't I don't know if they will uh, possibly the only crab. I don't know if those guys attack if attack, but basically passive is will never attack. Neutral is attack if provoked, and hostile is already. Minecraft. Yep. <laughs> I would say I would be willing to bet like neutral. You might have neutral that are um, like eventually when we get uh, the OSOINs, you know, and the other um, like sentient or near sentient um, creatures. If the OSOINs see oh. you, you're in much more trouble than you think. The, the UE is. Yeah. The UE will murder you. The OSOINs might not, you know. <laughs> yeah. Unless provoked. Mm hmm. Yeah, they are very tribal. I remember that. Neutral, Tavarin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of racist. Um. Uh, back to you for AI vehicle features. All and right. Yeah. So one line, or like, yeah, literally. Okay, two sentences. AI vehicle feature for the persistent numbers in June. Vehicle AI vehicle feature enabled the AI different ship mode. For example, allows switch direct mode. Bottom jumping, or so every uh, seat operator mode that we get, mining, missile operator, quantum jumping, as they add more, they now enable NPCs. So just a simple but big change that the are getting versatile. 
Uh, More back. capable. Uh, AI features and this is yeah this is Squadron Forty Two features yeah. Um, so last month on the human combat side, AI features began implementing logic for a selection of different attack archetypes: defender, pusher, and strafer. The defender chooses a, a position to attack from and remains there until cover is compromised or no longer valid, um, as in like the target's out of range or no longer visible. The pusher is more active, rapidly closing the distance between them and the target in order to build pressure. And the strafer is the more tactical, yeah, uh, is the more tactile archetype, uh, choosing a lateral position outside the direction the target is aiming in to set up flanking opportunities. Each NPC can select the attack archetype that they determine uh, to be the best for that situation based on multiple criteria. These criteria include the range of the weapon that the AI holds, um, like uh, characters with short-range weapons preferring the pusher archetype, how many characters are attacking a target, and how many other characters are using a particular archetype. Um, each criterion gives a certain score for each archetype that's used as a weight when randomly choosing between the archetypes. This supports variation, reaction to different situations, and some intelligence in the making of archetypes in any given situation. Tasks from last month involved implementing each of the criteria, scoring functions, and the system for summing these and weighting the archetype selection. For human, con uh, for human combat, work went into the perception, cover, and movement animations for the female skeleton. This is in pursuit of completing the set so that characters with, with the female skeleton can perform the same combat behaviors as the male skeleton. Work continued on the implementation of the new weapon accuracy system mentioned in the previous reports. Last month, the, proto the prototype was set up this, fe uh, this features debug visualizations of percentage chance calculated from the different factors, which will allow the designers to easily tweak accuracy to balance difficulty. For the VanDuel, the team took advantage of the tech described in April's report and merged the VanDuel and Human Master Graphs, the top-level state machine that controls the AI behavior of characters. Uh, this should make the system far easier to maintain while also allowing for specific behaviors for unique characters. They also selected and processed the animations generated in last month's mocap sessions, including bespoke animations for a section of stealth gameplay. <coughs> um, so just in summary, the, um, the systemic logic systems for combat behaviors um, that CIG are building, uh, to me, are really, uh, really impressive. Um, these systems, uh, they not only are, are what we're going to have in Squadron 42, but also in the PU. Um, and they're the foundation for other behavioral archetypes to, that can be tied to quantum. So uh, like what they're doing is they're building it for Squadron 42. So that way, as you go through the game, you know, especially different playthrough sessions or, you know, similar but different settings, um, no two encounters, uh, whether it's combat or, or otherwise, uh, would be the same. Um, because of the way that they're making these behaviors systemic, um, and all, you know, not only are they systemic just within Squadron Forty Two, but when you move them over to the PU, and then you have Quanta and Subsumption AI, where these these AI have character traits. You know, not it, not only will you know the you know whether they're going to be a pusher or a defender, or whatever, you know be dependent on you know who else is in the squad and what they're equipped with but it's also can be uh dependent on um you know their character traits you know what kind of what what their personality is like um and that's not just for combat stuff um you know 
that it's these are systemic things where you know they are building the systems and then they can modify them and add in uh, additional feature sets later um, and it's going to make for a much less scripted experience both you know just not only in squad 42 but especially in the pu and i think it's just really incredible work and you know people read through this and they sort of gloss over it and uh it's a lot there's a lot more depth to it than that that's why it's like four paragraphs long yeah not only that like also the goal of mps like yeah. Yeah. if, What's if you're getting dropped on uh, their goal is to uh push their goal that is their goal but if you've got mps already in the bunker their goal is to defend their already in uh dug in position but mm-hmm. if you're being um, ambushed, their goal is to flank. Yeah. So, given different scenarios, they yeah, will... those are those are factors that they can plug into the equation. Yeah. You but know, you might have a totally... really bad uh, ambush NPC, like their skills not up, so they're just going to take their ambush scenario and push with, them. Mm-hmm. or timid, and they'll just sort of get near you and only defend as you walk into them. Yeah. So just, yeah, the 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 list of behaviors that they have available to them yeah. will be will vary based off of, um, you know, how experienced they are, you know, you, or uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> with it's three cool. basic behaviors, it becomes so universal. First yeah. time, first time. The more yeah, and the system is the more behaviors they add into it. You know, these things aren't additive; they they you know they they multiply. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it I, doesn't I, go from four becomes eight. It goes from four becomes sixteen. Yeah. yeah, the reading I think was last month where I thought they were uh, archetypes given to NPCs like goons on spawn, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're uh, behaviors that the NPC chooses, uh, or at least randomly is assigned given weights. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, that makes the NPC so much more impressive than just it's probability volumes within the AI itself. Yeah, you know, and based that, off of calculations. Yeah, that is really really cool. I I, I want to see this, but you won't actually ever see. Them. Mm-hmm. It, it's the kind of stuff that is really cool that we get to hear about. It you will never actually consciously see them. Yeah, if they, if I, they I hope that they do. With with how much work they're doing right now and have been. Over the last year or so, I hope that we get a really cool, a really good panel on it for squad or for Citizen Con. Um, yeah, I, I think know, we should some definitely sort of demo with the, the speech part. Yeah, I think we should definitely get uh, see if Derek could do a AI. Uh, maybe even if he could see if an AI guy could set up a a zoo for uh, SEL to walk yeah. through some of these AI behaviors that they're working on, because this mm-hmm. is this would be great. This will be a great yeah. episode. Just basically like all the stuff that's been AI tech on, and AI features. Yeah. yeah. Just show us the stuff that's been showing up because we'll never see it if it's not pointed out saying that is that behavior. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, back to you for animation. All right. Animation. So animation worked on Outlaw characters, the rescue and part missions. AI bot and a bartender. There we go. Uh, New player emotes. They also supported Pyro with MoCapture alongside the narrative team. Uh, regarding MoCapture, the new studio is progressing well. Uh, with the trusts being completed, the team are currently setting up cameras, computers, and other equipment. Yeah, there's this in the team. 
on the Squadron 42 side. Um, it wasn't really able to pull stuff out of what they got. Throughout June, the animation team worked on zero-g reversal, helmet usage, female spec ops, eye, look, the look dev for weighted characters. Uh, improvements were like um, you know if you're you know kind of like overburdened, you're carrying too much. Are they adding? Do you think they're going to add that kind of uh, a burden? Oh. What's the system called? Encum encumbered, encumbered yeah, system. Encumbered, yeah. That'd be just like every RPG. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. Too much. But is, is there going to be an AI behavior for Loot Goblin? <laughs> <laughs> are they? Are AI going to be doing what I'm doing, and we're going to like look up at each other, or we're both I mean, looking towards us and be like, "Wait a minute." Go back to the Grand uh, Grand Theft Spaceship at that point, where all the AIs are now going and looting everyone else too. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, improvements were made to the past locomotion, manual searching, manual in cockpit, sick persons. Okay. And ladder block out. Weapon weapon wise progress was made on the Master at Arms, and the Volt SMG shotgun. Give Volt guns. Previous test was done on chapter one's AI while improvements were made to the action system to enable smoother gameplay. They're currently making the final pass several cast members facial whole bunch of just cool stuff like we have pyro capture we have emotes transport missions bartender stuff studio being worked on uh bolt smg FanDuel in cockpit sick people um, yeah. Specifically in Squadron, too. That's a specific Squadron thing. They said sick people. Yeah, Person. sick people. And it's like, well, we don't have sick people in the PU, and we have hospitals. So. <laughs> yeah, Gib. Yeah, I, I, not yet. I, <laughs> I, I I'm looking forward. That, that is my dream, is, is to land on a planet for a rescue mission and find somebody, you know, one of those um, AI from, like, inside... Uh, new Babbage, who like are running around jogging and exercising, and some AI went out for a run in like <laughs> you know one of the more temperate regions of Microtech, mm -hmm. and they got lost. And then you know they they called on their their, their stupid um, Moby Glass for rescue. You get a render texture of somebody out in the middle of the woods. I'm lost and I need help, and you oh, have to go rescue them. And they're they, they're all bedraggled and dehydrated or feverish or something. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I did I did just think of a, a really good reason why sick people back make sense in the squadron. Mm -hmm. Vega. Oh yeah, yeah the uh, at the aftermath. Uh, sick and injured after. Oh crap! What's the name of the city? Is Ar it New Corvo? Oh. No, uh, Ar it's is it Artemis or Aramis? I forget which one it is. Is the name of the planet, but the the city is New Corvo. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I mean, you got that. You got the. Uh, Fire and smoke inhalation. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not. I'm thinking sick, not injured. Injured is something like different. Yeah. So, but at mm -hmm. the in, in the aftermath, you have such a disarray of nutrition after a yeah. attack like that. So, and it's not like they're gonna allow a whole bunch of humanitarian effort to a war zone. Yep. So while they're still assessing, there's not gonna That's be. That's my bunch dream of, gameplay. I know, right? I 
I want to be the guy who has the whole E and just like, this is my day job. But then you hear something went wrong in like the fringes of the galaxy. Load the entire holly with like water and medical supplies, food and toys and ship it all to that place. And he's like, look at that. The, Everything that's you the, need those are the dynamic events that I'm looking forward to. Oh, is, the hey, there's been a humanitarian disaster. There's been a disaster and we have a, a humanitarian mission. And, you know, I, I'm going to bring my Endeavor Hope class and provide mm. medical, you know, a, a mobile hospital, you know, in orbit and shuttle people up to, you know, receive medical aid. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's so back to me for character art. Yep. I believe. You got character. Yep. So PU character art, uh, this, uh, these are both short. Uh, so June saw the character art team further develop the frontier outfits and begin working on high fashion clothes for Stanton. They're also creating new outfits for various upcoming events and promotions. Ooh, for upcoming events and promotions. Interesting. Um, event specific stuff. It will be interesting to see because, you know, we, uh, it, it, that's the, adds a whole lot of flavor, but, um, it also, like, I'm really looking forward to the, we've talked about this before, fashion being the end game of every MOO, but the frontier options for Pyro, we've seen some of that um, from CitizenCon last year, Firefly, anyone, um, as well as the high fashion of Stanton. Uh, like right now, if you're walking around through Stanton, it mostly just looks very middle class, uh, which, you know, depending on where you are. You know, obviously Hurston looks a little bit, you know, more lower class and everything. But, you know, there isn't a whole lot of uh, socioeconomic diversity within Stanton uh, representatives in, in terms of fashion, um, you know, and clothing items. So I'm, uh, at least on, you know, particularly on NPCs, but, you know, even for characters or for our characters. So I'm looking forward to seeing more diversity in, in that, uh, that aspect of the game. Uh, for Squadron 42 character art, uh, character art continued to develop key outfits for the UEE Navy, including the bridge officer uniform, deck crew EVA outfit. Cool. Deck crew EVA. So they're like going out and EVA to do repairs and stuff, uh, which ties back into the uh, the uh, AI behaviors for the, the splines and everything. Uh, I, I, I imagine there will be a scene where, you know, um, there are deck crew or ship's deck crew who are EVA, you know, going out in the EVA through an airlock to do repairs and then coming back in and you see, see the work going on, you know, that just, you know, makes it really, really immersive. Um, they also worked on armor for the Screaming Galsons, who I think we, we face in Odin, uh, and made major updates to the Hair Shader alongside the graphics team. Uh, Hair Shader Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, uh... The other thing that they said deck crew eva outfit and training gear like are they talking about like you know adidas ripoff pants you know and, and windbreakers or are they talking about like um training gear for like you're doing martial arts training or something like that um, that you'd wear like in a in a, in a dojo or, or whatever um i'm not sure what that's referring to but you know it could be interesting uh but that's it for character art unless you have anything else it's back to you for ships which is right. you know All I can say for that last always bit is give us hair shaders right yeah make the hair look more oh so 
Um, I, I don't want to make this sound like a dig, but you know, we've been looking forward to and asking about, the, they've been talking about the hair shader for a long time to make hair look and behave more realistically. And all I could think of, you know, one of the things that stuck in my mind while watching the Starfield reveal uh, a few weeks back was the hair shaders for Starfield look almost exactly like what we have right now in Star Citizen. Yep. I mean, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to focus on this too much because we're trying to get to the fourth. But Starfield is not a super ambitious extra uh, fidelity game. It is a Bethesda game. And take that as a plus or minus. Like, it's not going to be millimeter precision at a hundred plant scale or a hundred star system scale. It is what this studio can get done that they know they can get done. It's not new. Uh, they are they have pushed the creation engine way past what they ever thought they were going to do with it, and it looks great. But they they scaled their vision that they know they can get it done. And for current fact, they they weren't being a James Cameron like, no, we're gonna wait for five years so tech can uh uh catch up. No, Bethesda knows what they're doing. And they scaled their game and art game to make sure they know they get it in time. So I, I don't put any points against Bethesda for not having uh, Unreal Engine tech mm -hmm. demo level hair. But I also like CIG, you've been telling us you have hair V2 for like as two, please. But <laughs> I also want color colorable hair, not color thicker hair like i want hair all right that's it oh, I, I, I just want to have a beard already yeah I, I, I want everyone else to have i look <laughs> anyway mm -hmm. art ships for the persistent press now continued development on the banu ex banu merchant exterior uh so significant progress was made with analyzing the larger form Forms as well as figuring out under detail general work. Yeah. The team also progressed with final art pass on an unannounced vehicle, which is should be wrapping wrapping up it or wrapping up this month. So the Argo SRV moved into gray box phase. I thought it was a lot farther than it is. For some reason, I just thought it was farther, but now into gray. Box. On the exterior, the team completed the hull, cargo lift, and entrance lift, and made significant progress on landing gear. Uh, inside, Greyboxing continued for the cockpit, seat, and dash. So, it, that, I, it, I know it's a smaller ship, but it sounds like it's going really fast. I, I imagine we'll be reading in the next month that at least done with the Greybox, if not started finally. Yeah, because like so, the SRV. I'll let you finish that, but then we're going to talk about the SRV a little bit more. <laughs> okay. I, already have, I already have it pulled up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll finish. Uh, development of another unannounced ship continued, uh, which is ship. The other one was vehicle. Okay, so there's an unannounced vehicle wrapping up this one, which might be the Centurion. Yeah, the uh, the unannounced vehicle is I'm I'm pretty positive is the Centurion. Darn. The unannounced ship, which is currently in Gravy Box, you know who knows what that right. is. But you know they, yeah, that's they just beginning. do say cockpit dash pilot seat exterior doors exterior doors multiple doors 
So I mean, the Aurora has, has multiple your, exterior doors. Yeah. Um, so, so it, I mean, it, it, but when they do say exterior doors, cockpit dash, and pilot seat, you know, it, it's probably something small, but you know, it, it sounds like it's something that has more of an interior. It's not, you know, than just another fighter with a cockpit. Yeah. Hopefully, it's. Be the be the expanse. Do it. Be the expanse. Uh, no, because well, that's not be announced. announced yeah, but... dang it, I forgot. They said that if yeah. we know about the ship, it will be named. Darn it. Okay. Anyway, moving on to Squadron Forty Two. Uh, work on. But if it's in. What? Sorry. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Oh, maybe before you get into that. So, quick, quick sidebar theory. So the Argo SRV oh. is just EU vehicle content right now, um, and. It was that sprint going all the way out to mid-December. And obviously, we don't have any of the downstream teams scheduled. But usually, the downstream teams get scheduled um, around, you know, that their work coincides with the end of the content, the vehicle content team's work. So, you know, they'll get started before it ends, and usually they'll finish after that sprint. Um, but if you look at vehicle, if vehicle tractor beams, that work um, for the EUPU uh, gameplay feature team doesn't start until the beginning of December and go to the end of March. But that end of March is when the um, roadmap ends. So my theory is that the Argo SRV with its, um, will have its downstream teams scheduled and the downstream teams will finish uh, in, you know, uh, early mid Q1 2023. Because, you know, that that's generally how about how long downstream team, downstream works, especially for ships of that size. Usually, the downstream work goes for another, you know, several weeks to a month or two, um, following the finishing of the, you know, by the vehicle content team, which is just the them building the the ship, and then the downstream teams do all the audio, they do the lighting and VFX and stuff, um, you know, and add in gameplay feature stuff. Um, I, I have a feeling that when we get the next quarter update for the progress tracker, which won't be until like the end of September, um, will be when we get Q2. Um, we should get the we should get the upstream team scheduled for Q2 2023 at the, around the end of September, so around CitizenCon time. Um, I think that the vehicle tractor beam sprint won't be won't be made longer or or if it is it will only be made a little bit longer because i think that um cig is trying to release the argo srv as part of 4.0 whenever 4.0 releases like if they you know uh, and q1 2023 is a, a could be a, a bit of a long shot for 4.0 but the, the way that is with vehicle tractor beams and the Argo SRV, it makes sense that they would want to have the tow truck ready to go to tow you, you your, your broke down and busted ass back from, you know, somewhere in Pyro to, to get repaired somewhere safer. Yep. Um, just my thoughts like along with you know, moving cargo and everything. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, sometime early, you know, end of Q1 2023, early Q2 2023. Um, and then, you know, question is how many ships that have ship uh, vehicle based tractor beams will get them when vehicle tractor beams initially release? 
will we only get the size ones? You know, or if they're making well, the it for SRV's the Argo SRV, yeah, it has two size ones and a size three. Yeah. You know, but what other ships are going to get them concurrently or will it get rolled uh, out? I am mad. Because some of them are some of them are turret based, like yeah. the tour the, the Taurus. Um, I want to say the you know, even though they're remote turrets on the reclaimer. Um, I think other than the SRV, I think all of them are basic weapons, which I think so from one to three, those will be done when vehicle track is done. So up to three will be done, and then they'll just be retroactively added to the loadout of all the ships that are playing for the whole sea, mm -hmm. um, the caterpillar. Yeah, because most of the other ones are are remote. Yeah, remote operated and versus the tourists. We've seen images of them. they're just the the weapon component just stuck on. The SRV yeah. is the first ship that has a bespoke. Yep. Yeah, that one's going to be, um, yeah, very, very unique compared to the other ones, as far as I can tell from my spiel that I did on tractor beams, because the other ones are um, much smaller and more like the, the ones on that you see on the whole sea and the expanse. You know, that's a the small little box thing on like an articulating arm versus like the, the, the larger dish thing. Hopefully, the largest thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that look too. All right, but uh, yeah, that's my sidebar. Sorry. No, that's, that's actually really thing. good. That was, yeah, that's exactly what I like this show to be. Is that like, hey, we've noticed something. Here's some correlating uh, information. So it's perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so now on the, uh, oh, I accidentally gave myself two different uh, themes. This is the art weapons team, uh, not the art chip. Sorry. Uh, What's the other one? So the the first one I did art ship. Oh, whoops. And now, now apparently I'm also doing art weapon. I somehow thought it was the same team, but in order to not make um, not make redo the uh, team, roll with what I already had. It already worked on it. And we already noted it. Anyway. Uh, Before you get started, it's yes. kind of funny how on your notes um, that you have made, mm -hmm. you have art weapons, and then following art weapons, it is just an image from the monthly report with uh, a, a bottle of liquor and a cocktail. <laughs> this is a weapon. I'm going to get you hammered. It's, uh, where was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be between art ship and community. Uh, yeah. So it just, there's, <laughs> I don't know. One thing I did notice about the episode <laughs> is I don't know where the uh, names came from, but mm -hmm. they are the same as last month. They're all the same. Oh, the, uh, the 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 weird words that get copied in with the image. Yeah. Yeah, like this time for that that image with the, the liquor bottle and the cutting board, airlock outside time freedom nut job. Right. Was which was the same one when it was the community uh, the bar citizen thing in the hang. Ah, yeah. So, whenever these actually started being a thing, these have persisted till now. Um, so we have it's no idea what these words. Um, anyway, as far as the weapons, uh, weapon art teams go, and Squadron Floyd Two, uh, work on a number of volt weapons, including the assault rifle, LMG, SMG, and shotgun. So, all the volts. Uh, they also finalized their work on a physical riot shield. Interesting. 
VR team worked on modeling new assets. Animation work give life functionality to several FPS devices. Fire extinguisher, laser trip mine, reach charge, and volt sniper rifle. So a volt sniper rifle must be actually pretty far along. A new class inverter underbarrel light attachment was created as well. Give volt like that. So I guess with the community. Um, no, um, I'm in the, the breaching charge, um, is the thing that I'm looking forward to the most, um, just cause the, oh yeah, that's squadron 42 part yeah. though. Yeah. Weapon art. Dang it. Well, I mean, we'll get it eventually, but it's the, yeah. um, I want to blow open doors. I love blowing <laughs> open doors. Yeah. Um. The, and the, the riot shield, that's like the first I've heard of yeah. them being used in Squadron 42, you know. Yeah. Uh, community. So alongside working on the new community hub, June saw the community team celebrating Pride with the Show Us Your Colors Celebration 2022 and publishing the Anvil Legionnaire Q&A. <clears throat> they then announced the Bar Citizen World Tour and Bar Citizen Day on June 12th, which is celebrated in all CIG home cities. Uh, the team is actively planning events throughout the rest of the year and wants you to stay tuned for updates on this front coming soon. I wish I lived, I kind of wish I lived closer to a bigger city so I could go to a big bar citizen, um, but I do not. Um, in support of July's Foundation Festival, the team also asked community orgs to answer their promote your organization call. They also announced Battle of the Bricks, a charity build off of the EVE Online community which is this coming Saturday, the, or sorry, Friday, the 22nd. Um, it will be, yeah, it'll be live. Um, I will be working, but I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing that because I'm a huge Lego fan. Um, and they've been posting pictures of different builds that people have been working on, um, both digitally and, 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 you know, I forget the name of the, the program that a lot of people use. But, uh, whatever uh, goes. Um... Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they look really cool. I, 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 I really hope that uh, someday Star Citizen gets so big that, um, you know, Lego comes around and says, hey, can we build your ships? You know, that sort of thing. I mean, we already have. Um, yeah, but not like a fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, the community also published several comm links in celebration of Alien Week, including a scavenger hunt, Banu and Xion uh, language challenges in the alien ship poster and intergalactic mix-off contests. They also highlighted some of the lesser discussed improvements coming in Alpha 317.2 in the first of two patch watch posts and detailed the Ninetales lockdown and jump down 2.0 dynamic event schedule. In addition to the regular output of content, the team has been hard at work in focusing on the upcoming new community hub which is now functioning on the live environment, main website, but only visible to staff. Uh, porting over the hub from a staging environment to a live environment has been a huge milestone as the hub is finally being populated with real user content. The team is excited to share more soon. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Uh, the team has been hard at work planning and expecting all plan, planning and expecting all plans related to CitizenCon and the road to 4.0 which, as mentioned in the last letter from the chairman, will present regular 4.0 related content between now and the release of 4.0. They are currently expecting to roll out this info series in September. 
So starting I, in September, I we're gonna. I think that first expecting <coughs> is a, a typo. Hard work plan oh, and expecting yeah, all plans. A... I think that's a typo. It might. I don't want to say expanding because yeah, that's it not read it, it, but. Uh, the community team will also provide, uh, uh, also continues to provide gameplay training for incoming new hire staff, which has been massively praised by folks learning, looking to learn more about the verse. Finally, the team has been deep diving more options for incentivization related to the PTU in the short term, with a much broader variety of incentives in the mid to long term. Ooh. So, um, talked about the charity build off for for, Le uh, for Lego between us and Eve. Um, so, uh, if you haven't seen those, go check them out. Um, and if you have a chance to watch it live, um, and, and give back to charity, uh, please do. Um, like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing the new community hub. Um, I've said before, and I'll say it again. Um, I agree with the sentiment that one of the best things about this project is the community. And I really love seeing all the, you know, amazingly creative and inspiring things the community comes up with, whether it's building Legos for the people making their own armor. Um, people doing the, all the, the machinimas are, it's just, uh, the creativity of our, our community is, is, you know, beyond the pale. Um, even without a keynote, uh, the panels for this citizen con should be super informative, uh, given where we are with the major tech projects that are currently underway, uh, whether it's persistent any streaming, the ongoing work on server meshing and what they're going to be doing in the future. Um, the state of quantum and, and the quanta, uh, along with all the AI behaviors that, that we've been talking about, um, we'll be seeing, you know, panels on all those things uh, for CitizenCon. And I have a feel, even though even without a keynote, I have a feeling that this CitizenCon could be one of the most informative. Um, if you know, maybe not the most exciting, but for um, discerning followers like ourselves. <laughs> uh, it, it'll be really interesting. You know, a lot of hours spent rewatching those segments to glean uh, all the information. If it's anything uh, like last, it's going to be yeah. another because they're also doing another virtual. It can be. It's going to be so edited and dense with information. Like you, we will not get all the information. They. It's going to take yeah. a, like yeah. the entire week to digest everything that was said, and you'll you'll pick up some things day one. And then, like, uh, for a lot of people, like, the planet art for stuff from Pyro was, like, really cool. The, the cloud art and the uh, turret, like, a big thing. But then, like, throughout the week, we're like, look at the NPCs. Look at what the uh, the behaviors are doing. Uh, how they're building the outpost. And, and rewatching with the uh, uh, closed captioning on. Yeah. So you can see the words that are being said. Make yeah. sure you're not missing something. Because, ooh, shiny picture behind them. You know, or, or that's getting shown while they're talking, but you you zone out and don't see the actual dot. You know, hear the actual dialogue. And how many times have you watched yeah. the uh, server mission? Oh my gosh, <laughs> this many. It, it's yeah. just like that. Yeah. That the, this year or the quantum presentations. Oh man, there's just so much information. Yeah, he did one for this year. He did one in 2019. Oh, that's right. This one was the simple um, life one. That's the other thing is, that... yeah, yeah. Super the other cool. thing is the road to 4.0 segments starting in September. You know, at the end of probably the end of September, probably you know, starting right before Citizen Con. What is? Yeah, you know, the road to 4.0 segments. 
I don't know, but what they, they can't be, they, they can only be good. Yeah. yeah um, but the information can only be good. What, okay. So I'm thinking of burn down, burn, yeah, burn down. What was it? What was the what burn down? Um, burn down. Yeah. It was for talking about burn down. It was it was a attempt of free was it? Um, the three point Yeah, it's three point Yeah, basically it was really detailed. Uh, granular episode on the road. No, but what I know is simply like, well, I guess not. One back, yes. Yeah. So, tinfoil hat time. Yeah. Again, ser <laughs> server meshing huh? and pyro are the big ticket items that everybody's looking at. That's true. We have pyro. What people aren't looking them. at is stuff like uh, Quantum, Bounty Hunter V2. Um, you know, uh, there's so many other things on the progress tracker that are being worked on in a big way that could coincide with 4.0. Yeah. I don't think it would be so limited as to just be sweet, we're just getting what we already have in Stanton um, in Pyro with initial. I mean, how they've gone about making it, it sounds like they are really trying to make Pyro a holistically different everywhere. Yeah. So I think they've gone more ground up, less uh, copy-based. So, I guess, yeah, I guess there's, there's more than I originally thought. They still should have called it Burned Down. Um, the last thing is the PTU incentives. So that 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 is a not so subtle subtle hint that they are very serious about getting lots of people on the PTU for testing out all these big tech initiatives and the the new um, features that they're going to be releasing over the next you know months to year or so because um, they need the feedback. You know they they these are thing with persistent entity streaming and uh, server meshing, these are things that have to be tested at scale. They can't do, uh, small scale testing will not work. They need us to beat the crap out of the, the tech that they're building, the systems that they're building. And now they're gonna incentivize us to do it. Sweet, you know, um, yeah. CIG is all hands on board for, for testing. Um, that's all I've got for community. We get a, uh, a hype is vest. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, put the Lulu planet. Uh, if you were a beta tester for a got a, uh, a beta vest. Hype vest. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and now back to you for the engine. Oh, good luck. For... <laughs> okay. So in the show notes, I actually do have a, a video linked up because there is a thing called ray tracing intersection known as RWI, basically, basic kind of gist of it is 
a calculation to see if a ray paste or a basically a later laser pointer across the scene um, intersects something and where it intersects. Anyway, a R. Sorry, RWI R. I don't know what. Anyway, um, a calculation to find a line point where it intersects was optimized uh, three to five times on heavy research. Uh, now contains a semi mode trace for bodies. Uh, this makes projectile inter intersection as robust as fast. So basically, your bullets hitting ships on with you moving is a better optimized, more reliable. There we go. Uh, basically, anything that needs to calculate pointing at something while in motion has become better. Uh, so, looking at characters as really looking at an object uh, and whatever else. Tiling of dense SDF was introduced. And this our SDF or version and trilinear interpretation optimized. So, patience. And uh, tiling. So tiling is something they've been working on for a little while. Basically, instead of having one uh, monolithic SDF calculation, have region SDF calculation all at once. Uh, okay. uh, support for player-only collision geometry nodes inside of CGFs and CGAs. I still can't find a definite on the definition of those spectrums. I've got to poke Jake with this. I want him to give me Oh, I want him to go and ask the guys. I know. Anyway, it was fixed and extended. I've looked so hard. One of them came for the college, and the other one just has five different. Did you do a geometry and collision physics? Uh, work on new ropes continued. Uh, we hypothesized last report that the biggest use for rope tech is fuel line hanger. Uh, various bugs various bugs other also on the renderer the gen 12 transition continued with more passive support over including responsive AA decal forward page the processing scattering queries was work and bug my at for a buffer cop of sun shadow cascade forward over as well all formats of the previous HDR frame that has been adjusted. Projection temporal AA uh, to be more efficient and the cleanup of the bed again. So HDR is uh, converted to 12 well conditions. Uh, the shadows done, so large shadows uh, also being converted, tapping over and ported. Uh, debug scattering queries, so. If that's typically rock, but rock debugging UI, AA, scale red, uh, and just stuff there. Uh, also, the Gen 12 port at big plug file rendering, what they said they were starting last month. The atmosphere shader code was adjusted to file well, EX and Spur 5. I know Spur 5 is a library, I didn't find one. Yes, XC, I imagine similar. Their languages or libraries that make 
battle. So basically, Vulcan is an API, tier 5 also an API, not the same kind of API, but it's basically a standard that they'd like to work with to make sure it can go on. On the engine side, entity areas, place tags, track what entity areas, then what areas, event, then each other, what area, then what entity areas, then the that's hard. Um, this replaces the hidden hierarchy logic. Placing hierarchy logic is good. Makes everything efficient because they don't have to look back at the hierarchy to figure out what's happening. They can get the information they need to entities to help each other. Uh, uh, Work on running the entire code base through include what you use. Continued. Uh, this goal is to eventually make use what what you use uh, part of this integration pipeline uh, keep so this has a lot basically it is just way to unspaghettify and never again spaghettify the code so that uh, basically all the junk out that not uh, and everything you are using is in front of the person when they go to uh, inter the introduction of the CIGSPL and EASPL, both SPL languages, CIGSPL is kind of their, their own format of it. Uh, namespaces, which plan to become a customized SPL library, starting um, uh, basically the language in which they talk. Uh, the entity component update scheduler received updates to avoid iterate component list using manual policies. There. Work on improving file location, IO continued, which could eventually lead to improve, uh, improve loading times for small files. So basically, you, uh, like if they're trying to pull a texture, it doesn't kind of load the entire it just does one thing it wants to do, and now. Uh, work on improved R underscore display info continued. Uh, Old FPS analytic bucket, analytic bucket were replaced with an array-based frame time bucket uh, that allows for more accurate profiling information. Not sure what the bucket uh, used is. Uh, I think it's a programming idiom. Basically, analytics were changed. Now pro it now profiles the game better. They can. Um, and lastly. Uh, the remainder of the time was spent on supporting and bug fix for Alpha 7. You get all that? The uh, the biggest things are the, the porting over of the atmosphere and, and cloud stuff to Gen 12. We all know how much um, uh, the clouds uh, impact performance, and to see them, you know, moving, you know, basically. You know, they are finishing Gen 12. The, the big ticket items for Gen 12, Gen 12 is supposed to be pretty much wrapped up with 318. Um, granted, we still don't get great performance with those long distance draw calls um, and things like with the, it, it was um, gas clouds, volumetric clouds, uh, and planetary atmospheres. And then down in the VFX section for me, when they talked about planetary storms, those things affect FPS and performance for a lot of people, yeah. if not everybody. And with those things being 
um, uh, in, uh, move to Gen 12 and optimize you know, the, the game performance throughout the, the verse uh, will, will continue to improve client side in a big way over the next you know few months um even before they they get the full implementation of vulcan which you know just from you know what you're talking about uh in from the engine side yeah they they are working hard on vulcan already you know it's not like yeah. uh, vulcan the, the way the work for vulcan has to wait until gen 12 is done no they're already doing it yeah they're, they're seeing what they can get done as 12 gets in then that full production after right after dinner. Got it. Well, those wrapping up initial phase of production at the end of August. Good, nice. So, uh, back to you for Arena Commander features our new team. Yeah, the new team working on Arena Commander, Star Marine, and supposedly Theaters of War. Um, so the Arena Commander Features team fixed issues and added quality of life improvements to both the Arena Commander and Star Marine modules. Um, they've been doing a whole lot of that stuff uh, since they took over. It's basically been their, their remit. Uh, improvements were also made to the implementation of doors, controllers, and elevators, which will result in quicker, more robust, robust setups in both vehicles and stations. So hopefully less bugs when using doors and elevators uh, in, in like a star marine uh, going forward. Um, it, I have noticed and have heard lots of feedback that um, performance in star marine, um, as well as in arena commander, is vastly improved um, since 317. Um, you know, it, it's it, you know, finally. <laughs> uh, plans were also kicked off for new maps. Hell yes. Uh, the last time we got a new map for Star Marine was the Good Doctor. Uh, how many years ago was that? Um, but also gameplay experiences. So um, hopefully new game modes for uh, Star Marine and Arena Commander. Um, the other thing, you know, uh, you know or, or what other kind of experiences might they, they have? Uh, also, you know, could we just get anything on theaters of war? Yeah, I, I imagine they're not working on it right now. It's it's on a back burner until something. But at least tell us what your plans are. Like, give us some more. You know, what 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 are you waiting for? Like, what what's the holdup? You know, where where are you going from that? You know, what you know? Are you waiting to work more on it until server meshing is done so you'll have the network people to, to work on the um you know the performance of it so it worked out i don't know tell us something honestly honestly like from what they said back when we did our where's theaters of war video or our part in the podcast it we we are at the point where they said that they were waiting for um I don't believe it's shelved, so I don't. I don't believe it's shelved yet. No, um, no, I don't. I don't think it's shelved, and I don't think they would shelve it. It's just a, a low, been a low priority because it was something that they couldn't fix. But I, I think they're just waiting for the exact tech that we have in three seventeen two, which is a weird. Like I don't think three seventeen two is going to have Theaters of War in it, 
Um, no. Maybe a three nine or yeah, three nineteen. Um, but they were we we've seen insane performance, and there was a video posted on Reddit just today about the insane quality of seeing players move around the scene now. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's very very accurate. There's very little stuttering now. So it it like it's it's now prime. Uh, time for for Theories of War to be actually around. Um, I think there's still there somewhere around. There's still some uh, ship lag, no rubber banding, so it's not great. But even getting it now, where where the game is currently in three seventeen, like we we want to play it. Even like no one would care if it came out in three seventeen or three sixteen. Like it's a new game mode. It's the only thing I can think of. The other thing I can think of is it would distract from where they need us, which is in the PTU testing 318 and 4.0. Well, they've done it before where they say, okay, we're releasing a new PTU. We've shut off the arena modes. They've done it before. Yeah. And so just leave the, the arena modes off for PTU. If you're not testing them, leave them off. Yeah. Um, that would you know make me... Um, use the uh, PT, per, uh, the PTU uh, Persistent Universe more because every time there's a new patch, I'm like, oh, great! There's so many more new, new improvements for Star Marine and nobody's there. And then I just log off because I get depressed because no one's there. Um, I will definitely be testing out Star Marine, which I haven't played forever, but I will be testing it thoroughly when 317.2 comes out because the amount of just server smoothness improvements, I'm getting plus 30 frames now consistently in Orson. So, super cool. Um, NPCs seem to be getting smoother as the PTU goes on. Um, I, yeah, I can't wait for theaters. And it's theaters, I, it's weird because I don't necessarily want it because it's, ooh, combat. No, I want it because the, the amount of space for the combat to happen. In Arena Commander, it's almost instantly devolves to orbiting or jousting. And in yeah. Star Marine, it's very like you're in a kill box. You're just all shoved in the room and see who comes out. In theaters, you have the space to tacticalize. And you're at such a distance that you're not spawning on top of each other. The spawns are no longer interlaced. In Star Marine, in every map, and I hope they change it with this new map, um, mostly because most of the mode that you play is... Uh, uh, the more popular one, at least that I know of, is an FFA. Everyone's against everyone. Uh, so if you spawn, there is a chance that somebody's right next to you and you just die. Uh, in Theories of War, you are very specifically placed where your team is over here and the other team's over here, and you have lots of space between you. So you're no longer going to just spawn and die. So it gives you a little time to say, okay, I died. Let me, when we think about my, ta- my tactics... Let me get the right gun I need, maybe get a vehicle, maybe board a vehicle that somebody else is driving, and go at this a different direction. It's just a really good idea, and I just can't wait to play it. Okay, that's my spiel. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. It, it's just a... I, I, every time it's been asked recently, they've given us a vague answer. Mm-hmm. It's not shelved. Um, you know, we, we are working on it. It's just, you know, basically not a priority. And well, just tell us, you know, what 
you know, what what is your criteria for when it will be a priority? Like, if it's, you know, if you still have plans for it and everything, like, it, what is it that you're waiting for? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, okay, if you're waiting for this, then we'll just wait and we'll ask again once that becomes a thing. You know, but the, the, the not knowing, you know, especially with, you know, how the, the project is supposed to be open is kind of frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's weird how some things just disappear for long periods. I'm like, hair. <laughs> Where they talk about it, they talk about it, they talk about it, they talk about it, and they're super enthusiastic, and then nothing. Just ghosted. And it's just, yeah. CIG, please stop. If you need to have a running list of stuff you've told us to remember to tell us, please just do it. Mm-hmm. It just seems like um, that's something you should do. Because you've already told us about it, and you, you, it's your own claims that you're trying to be super open. Like, Jake says it at the head of every uh, roadmap roundup. So, I don't know whose job it is I mean, to tell us about if it. If they were more open, we, we might be out of a job. But at the same time. Openness does not mean um, <laughs> understandable. Like, the, the yeah. engine team is on this every single month. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. everyone looking at it can say, oh, I know what that means. 90% of it means performance, but um, we won't be on a job. We can still decode uh, Deb speak. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. So it's where are we are. Uh, back to you for uh, character and weapon features. Oh, I get to do two weapon categories. All right. Is it going to say volts again? No, that's only squadron. All right. Uh, the feature team worked on... A- but worked on long-term improvements to the personal inventory system based on feedback from recent live releases. Uh, direct quote from the feature team, an often requested feature is the ability to move a large number of items from one inventory to another. So we've added a move all button. Praise the weapon feature team. Oh my gosh. That and I want... Uh, custom filters but they said that's actually not possible yet because of how the uh tags are indexed um it's a very Soon TM. yeah it's a very in-performant uh way of indexing it currently so they need to actually work on their indexing uh this may sound trivial no it doesn't but it needs under uh needs the underlying logic to ensure the results resulting service request is as small as possible and all condition condition logic is executed for a bulk of items being moved my weapon feature team thank you so much move all oh my gosh especially when how i loot especially when i'm on uh, like normal civilian runs because every outpost has a little bit loot in it so i'll put it all into the local inventory i'll pull it out of the uh, the box into the local inventory then you can go on your ship and if you just have a move all you open up your ship um, inventory and the space inventory, just move all, pling, it's all on your ship. Or if you like brought a lot of stuff with you to put on your ship, you can just put it all on you, board your ship, move all. Um, or if you just got done with an adventure, you got a lot of stuff on your ship and you want it back in the landing zone or station, again, open up your ship, local inventory, move all. Perfect. I can't wait. I cannot wait for that one. Hopefully 318 or 317 to release. Um, no idea when they didn't say um, <laughs> when CIG <laughs> when CIG that's yep that could be its own running series um, features including Ooh. being able to interact that might with... be a segment 
<laughs> that is very true. Uh, a feature including being able to interact with items on the floor near the player and being able to move already equipped items from one part to another. Interesting. They don't say much other than that, but I I wonder if this the, the items on the floor thing is a panel for local items. Would be nice. I People have talked about that. Um, I didn't know that you couldn't move stuff, so that's nice. More polishing for the UI. One thing I think a lot of people don't understand about the, the inventory UI we got is it was basically just on this side of functional when we got it. Um, it was not anywhere near a release candidate for a inventory system. Uh, a lot of people were... I don't know why I remember hearing something around this, but, but somebody said something Breath of the Wild um, inventory something rather i know it's not, not anything like it but as far as it has an inventory um no no it's nowhere near that amount of polish because they wanted an inventory not the inventory so it is mm -hmm. it is going to be iterative for the next probably couple of years until we get a solid inventory where all the features are there that actually need to be there um moving on uh, fundamental changes on how actor movement synchronization is handled. This is what I was talking about. Um, it's really solid right now. It is super solid. Basically, you don't see rubber banding when looking at other players is the thing. Um, that is going to help just look and feel in general, but also especially machinima uh, recorders because that is the worst thing to happen in the middle of machinima. Your character goes, eh, nope. And continue, it's just it's the worst. Um, expanding the ground alignment system used for foot placement to handle hand placement. A use case, uh, the vault traversal mechanic was used, increasing, uh, used with increasingly complex shapes ledges to stress the functionality. So uh, foot placement is currently used on just the ground. And so when you walk on something, whether it's inclined or you're going up steps, it will automatically put your foot where it needs to be. Um they're expanding this to use it on hand. So when mantling or vaulting, uh, you can actually, it'll, it'll tell your hand or use IK inverse kinematics to put your hand actually on the surface. Um, this, so let's see, it says this will be another useful tool to increase the fidelity of character animation and look, and they look across and how they look across the persistent universe dynamic environments. So I'm hoping, this doesn't confirm it, but I'm hoping that this means that it is a um, not-baked ledge climbing tool. So we have a very specifically baked-in yeah. ledge climbing in the caves. I'm hoping this helps it to become, if it's at the right height, you can just jump and on your character will grab onto the ledge. Um, this will mm -hmm. help even get That's onto the ships. That's the way I read it. Yeah. yeah. Even getting onto ships, this will help. So if your wing like mm -hmm. onto it like a gladius and the wings out, you jump and your character will grab it and get onto the wing. Um, for maintenance, that's a big deal. Um, so instead of having to go over and grab a ladder, but if you don't have a ladder and you're in the middle of the forest and you just whacked your wing off or something, uh, so yeah. So that is the uh, features, character, and weapons teams. Got anything else for that? No, I uh, the 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 vaulting part is really interesting how they're adapting the foot placement um, to the hand placement. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I hope that it becomes a much more robust system versus the, the, the baked and, you know, very limited system that you know, most games have. You know, it feels like what most games have, um, I'd rather it be a little bit more diegetic. Hopefully they can get it working. Yeah, I don't know if Jack is correct for, but yeah, more Breath of the Wild like yeah. where you could just like see that wall, doink. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna climb it. Yep. Um, what's the other thing that uh, the move all button? I'm not sure the the move all button's cool. I'm not sure what they're talking about with the interacting with things on the floor though. It it really right. does sound like um, so the entire couple sentences is other features included. Uh, being able to interact with item with items on the floor near the player, and being able to move already equipped items from one point to another. Some of these features are already in large scale internal testing. Like interact with items on the floor. Like if something's on the floor, you can pick it up. You know when it's not bugged. Yeah. Well, it was by? it was right after talking about the move all button, and hmm. that's in the inventory screen. Okay. So I'm thinking the 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 items on the floor. It, either it's while in the inventory view, you can actually pick it up off the floor. But what I'm actually thinking, and a lot of FPSs do this, there will be a window for local area. Uh, specifically, if anyone's played Zomboid, which is, I guess, not an FPS. Um, but there will be an inventory panel for uh, stuff that is just around you. That you know where is around you. you don't You can search all the cabinets, but then you can open up and see just all the items around you. So you don't have to go and say, it's in this cupboard over here, or I stored it in a bag in a cupboard. You can just open the panel and say, ah, there's that item. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll probably a simpler version of that. You know, it's just like, what are the stuff on the floor around me? Yeah. Um, for especially people that are doing bunkers, that is a really necessary thing because the amount of armor and uh, guns and attachments that get strewn everywhere is just maddening. Um, cleaning up it, it will that will help cleaning up. I don't know about the part about moving one port to another. Is that not a thing currently? Yeah, no, you have to put it in your inventory and then back onto the other port. That's so very interesting. I didn't know that. It shows how much I actually put yeah. the, the the inventory. All right. Well, and I didn't realize it was a it would be like a character feature thing, but they're talking about the actor synchroniz- uh, movement synchronization. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've implemented some things. There's still more bugs that they're working through, but yeah. they plan on addressing those bugs and getting it in across, you know, for all 317 too. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. The, the feature uh, character yeah. and weapons team is basically the the tech art team of weapons and uh, characters. Mm-hmm. They they do the 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 coding, the heavy coding that needs to be done, is what I'm getting from all these monthly reports. So when there's like a technical um, thing that needs to be done, it's these guys. And that leaves us with feature gameplay and you. Gameplay feature team. Oh, yeah. Um, so for PU gameplay features, um, the last month of gameplay features began working on the next steps for the salvage profession, which involved evaluating the possibilities for the munching mechanic, ship tractor beams, and the salvage grinder. This one sentence just spoke much. Honestly, um, but could you imagine yeah, the old um, raft uh, concept, the the, the flying saucer rat, uh, the flying saucer Argo ship, and the munching? Oh. It's just like eating a cookie. Come on, it's just like <laughs> I'm sorry, it's always in my head. Cookie monster. I'm never, never, never. 
Yeah. That was me before the podcast started. I went downstairs <laughs> to the hotel lobby, yeah, the front desk, and got we myself some cookies, cookies. And cookies and milk. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the munching mechanic. So you know you've got the for the reclaimer. It's got that big, you know, chomper grinder arm thing, um, and then the salvage grinder, uh, you know, that you can see in the reclaimer. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they implement this for the um, vulture because they never really showed us how that worked. Like you see the, you know, the, like there's supposed to be a little laser thing, cutting lasers on the front and it tractors the pieces in, but they never really showed us any concept art of like the front end, you know, that, that's behind those arms opening you know, and assumedly having some sort of grinder that, you know, pulls it in, grinds it up and turns it into the salvage cubes. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Uh, had one but I think it's, I've never seen one. If you can find it, I'd love to see it. Um, but, you know, because we, we it, yeah, it's, it's in the sort of Reclaimer like commercial. Yeah. Um, uh, where is Discord? But the, you know, and obviously you'll use, you know, there's tractor beams as part of the vulture for that. Um, and then the reclaimer has remote tractor beams for um, pulling salvage closer to be pulled into the grinder. Um, but to me, it's it, it's I'm hoping that this is an indicator of more things to come when it comes to professions. Now that they are, you know, the persistence tech is going to be in there um, that will influence a lot of these professions going forward. I'm hoping that when, you know, they move on to things like repair, um, you know, they rapidly, you know, rapidly progress from the initial implementation to the, you know, tier one, tier two, that sort of stuff uh, versus, you know, this sort of um, piecemeal part of it. Um, and of course, you know, ship tractor beams, we already talked about that with the Arco SRV, um, but, you know, they're, we know that they, uh, the Anvil Crucible uh, and the Cult of the Crucible is very excited because the Crucible is going into production. Well, um, with all this work on salvage, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it will speak to when the Crucible is getting worked on, that they're getting, you know, the, the gameplay feature teams will get be working on the, the uh, repair mechanics. Um, so that the that profession, when it gets introduced, it rapidly progresses to the the full profession, like we have for mining, unmunching, um, you know, and, and yeah, you know, the unmunching, the, <laughs> you know, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, the Aegis Reclaimer and Drake Vulture's holescaping feature progressed well and is currently awaiting elements in the cargo factor. I'm assuming this is the hey, we're sucking up the the hole and it gets turned into a cube. Um, you to sell uh you know a, a however many su size cube that ends up in the cargo hole um engineering life supported proceeding well too it, oh yes so cool um the team are now able to show all relevant items rooms doors and their corresponding controls and data wow. in an early blocked out ui screen. yeah wow. that's huge so this is just you operating the engineering station that you can see on so many of the ships um, in the UI on an engineering station. But the fact that they can show all those things and they'll be tying them into those things is really, really, really cool. Uh, and 
you know, it'll be really great once you not only have the engineering station UI and be able to interact with the ship from there, but also when that's tied into things that are physicalized, like physicalized components, which you need persistent entity streaming um, to make those things happen. You know, obviously there's going to be a whole lot of ships that are going to need a lot of gold standard work, but, you know, it's a thing. You know, we're looking forward to that. Uh, the initial interactive elements and the first exchangeable interactable ship items were added to. So uh, to me, this reads like um, when you're using that engineering station, you'll be able to select a component um, that is on the ship and look, get it, you know, get a, a status readout for that component. So that way you can be at the engineering station. You can be like, oh, okay, power plant number two over on this side of the ship. Um, has a blown out fuse, you know, here, uh, I'll go down to the cargo hold or wherever I've got these things stored and I'll go get them and I'll replace it and um, get it back up and running. You know, that, that sort of gameplay to me sounds so stinking cool. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, to me with the, the fact that they're doing that as part of the, what they're building right now leads me to believe that is something that we will see them start working on very soon, especially as it pertains to repair gameplay and the crucible. So, uh, features or squadron 42 gameplay features, the squadron 42 feature team continued work on the character customizer, making visibility and usability improvements alongside general polish. Further improvement and polish tasks were also completed for the flight Academy application form. The ability to request weapon attachments from the master at arms is added too. The team also supported persistent entity streaming as recent changes caused knock-on effects that affected several Squadron 42 missions. Hold up. We have to fill out a form. <laughs> we have to do like role-play stuff where you're filling out form and paperwork just like oh. in the real military to oh, it's, request it's going the, to the flight academy. It's the character creator. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Is okay. Is the character creator? Is there a form within it? You know, requesting going to the flight academy, and that's where you put in your yeah, your ivory G elements. You know, oh, I cool. I was born on, you know, I was born in New Austin, Ontario, and you know, my parents, you know, my dad was a, you know, a, a whatever. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that that sort of thing. You know, pick your background story. You know, I I don't know. That's that's actually um, really cool. I like that. Just, it was a, a random thing that I don't think I've ever heard mentioned in any of the monthly reports that we're filling out a form. And I'm assuming it because it's within the same sort of context, it has to do with the character customizer. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And see. And, it also and, is like how close are they being done? They're building out the gameplay to start the game. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, um, well, and so tinfoil hat. How many times when you've seen a gameplay demo um, for a, a game, you know, working its way towards release where they showed the character customizer and then launched into a mission or a, a, a chapter of the game, you know, when they demoed it at uh, some convention or something? Not many. I think it's a pretty common thing where they show that off. I think uh, if it's a Bethesda game, always. But other than that. Yeah. Uh, I, mm, well, there's always like, there is customizing and then it cuts to a mission. Um, 
Yeah. The it, well, they've been talking about you know making you know getting things uh, vertical slice ready mm-hmm. and making large sections of the game fully playable. You know, well now they're they're also seemingly doing that for you know the the beginning, the intro to the game. You know, um, the other thing I wanted to reiterate is. The team also supported persistent entity streaming as recent changes caused knock-on effects that affected several Squadron 42 missions. Squadron 42 and Star Citizen share a code base. Aspects of persistent entity streaming and uh, server meshing are part of how Squadron 42 works. This is part of why Squadron 42 is delayed. Sort of. You know, they initially, yeah. It, well, it, yeah, it takes a whole lot of time to build all the stuff. But a lot of the building all the stuff was delayed because... They needed these tech pieces because this is going, you know, Star Citizen is going to work this way. Squadron 42 utilizes a lot of this tech. They just use it on a single client. Yeah. So. Yeah. Streaming or not streaming, but server meshing is going to be shut off. But persistent streaming, that is needed for this because it's, it's the binding of entities. It's not shut off. It's your computer acts, simulates the server client relationship. Yeah, it's 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 one. You're not, you're not meshing. It's it, there are, there's yeah. one server. There's one. No. Yeah, you're, there's one server, but the your own client is um, telling yeah. you to stream in these things and and yeah. render these things. And, um, you know, this other stuff isn't you know processed. Yeah. And then, but the actual you know your 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 client is essentially running a server on your game. Yeah. But Atlas, what we need is, is what I'm saying. You're, you're just one node, so there's no, nothing to delegate. Yeah, and everything that the, you know, your client and the the server on your machine are rendering, it moves with you mm-hmm. within the game. Much simpler than server machine. Yeah, yeah. If you see it, it exists. If you don't see it, don't exist. Yeah. It's in. It's there in your imagination. If you go over to it, it'll pop up. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you, I see the pictures in Discord. You can see the, yep. the little door opening. I had never seen the door opening part. It was in the original and concept guess, art. And so you can see the laser, mm-hmm. and you see the like the white box. Yeah. Like, is the laser on those little arm things? So, if I remember correctly, there are lasers and there are tractor beams. Um, hmm. Take all this concept art as concept art. Don't take it as gospel. Um, yeah. They didn't know what lays, what cutting lasers or um, tractor beams did when they made this concept art. So, the, the entire tooling of the vulture is going to be different. Uh, just because they now know what the heck they're doing with it. So they will build out accordingly. So it could be completely different in, as far as the, the tools given. Uh, uh, will our players in Squadron 42 carry through to SC? Uh, he's done this for years in the Navy. Or is it two separate characters? So the uh, lore of your character in Star Citizen is different if you go through Squadron or not. It is not the same character. Um, it is a younger 
uh, kin of your squadron character. Um, the last known idea was it was going to be uh, a son or some type, not son, but a um, child of your squadron character. Um, so a lot of your reputation, you will get citizenship um, from playing the Squadron 42 uh, campaign. Um, also, access to certain vehicles will be open for you. Basically, a reputation will be opened up. Um, that is, and citizenship in Star Citizen will become a, an actual thing, kind of like uh, insurance. Um, there will be a lot more things opened up to you. You'll be treated differently by especially government um, establishments, whether you are a civilian or you are a citizen. Think old Roman era if you know anything about how their um, society worked. You were basically a royalty if you were even a civil or a citizen. You were a um, peasant if you were a civilian. Um, so that is how that's supposed to work. Not necessarily your character, but your you, stuff from your character, or you will get bonuses in Star Citizen for playing Squadron. Uh, that's one of the main reasons I want to go through it, other than it being sounding like a completely epic tale that they're going to be telling, and the the majesty of what they're going to be doing i, I i'm hoping it it ends up being somewhere like how big lotar was when that came out or like lotar oh, avatar okay. star wars something like that kind of change in the industry that like hey this thing just happened and it changes something it makes some sort of large impact so that's what that's what i'm hoping for squadron Star Citizen, it's an MMO. I don't think it will change that much because it's such a slow burn. Um, I think the releasing of Squadron will be much more moment momentous. So, all right, where are we at here? We are vehicle features now. Yeah, vehicle features. Uh, let's see. Uh, getting ready. They're getting. Yeah, getting their systems ready for release for the persistent streaming. This is the vehicle feature team, so they're working on persistent streaming. Uh, ongoing refactor of the transit system that we talked about not only last episode, but also last report. Um, let's see. Continued uh, refactor and redesign of restricted areas. I can't wait to see what comes out of that because um, they are slightly necessary, but also realistic. Um, also, when NPCs start flying around um, spaceports, we're kind of we're going to need more direct um, signaling of where we're supposed to go and where NPCs are going to be flying, so we don't uh, hit each other. Um, a direct quote from the vehicle feature team: "We conducted some playtesting and found issues with the UI and user experience side of things, with which we're working on now. We're also we're we've also." We now also set up the whole city using new sy new system to test our developing tool developer tools, uh, which has been quite successful. Vehicle feature team. Sorry, I can actually speak fluently. That'd be grand. Let me put my text in front of me. Uh, vehicle feature worked alongside AI to allow use of different ship modes, like we talked about earlier. On the balance side, uh, further tweaks were made to the new ground vehicle handling. Uh, while a review and rebalance of fuel use began, which aims to improve the refueling experience. Very, very interesting. Um, so, yeah, basically a lot of just work on vehicle um, features 
I mean, it's basically summing up. But I'm really, really looking forward to that um, transit redesign. I want, I want more, more trains. I want to be able, like, I don't know if that's actually on. I don't think that's on the uh, roadmap at all. Um, but I'm bum bum bum. Where are we going here? Oh, you got anything? Any thoughts on that one? No, the. I mean, obviously, the transit system needs work. <laughs> <laughs> what? But, uh, These pieces of cardboard going between uh, very yeah. chunky spots isn't really good. I'm shocked. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I wonder when they go about doing it. You know, and like what work would be involved. So, I mean, uh, hopefully, it's just a better system. <laughs> Just all general yeah. better system. It can handle a network instead of stops. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like that work, transit system work is going to directly play play into um, building interior work because if you've ever looked at New Balance from the sky, they have a dozen and one train train lines. Zero, one stop, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. Technically, like two stops. Like you got the Aspire and the Commons. Um, the the spaceport doesn't count because that's a complete bespoke um, environment. Uh, well, I guess they're technically all of them are bespoke right now. But um, the amount of stops you can just push button generate when you have a transit system that is a network and you have uh, procedural building interiors, we can get just. Uh, not infinite, but just a great magnitude more space to move around cities than we do now. Um, also, Levden Station in Hurston, also the same problem. It seems like it'd be just this hub of back areas. One stop. It's like one stop through. I think it's just there and... Where's Levden Station go? I, forget. I haven't been to Hurston in like six months. Um, so... But that is all I got. So you get the you get the other fun one. I got engine. You get graphics and VFX programming and planet tech. I think the engine is the worst of the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think the the graphics and VFX stuff and the planet tech stuff is easier for me to wrap my head around than the uh. engine. So last month, the graphics team continued porting over features to Gen 12, including gas clouds, rivers, frozen oceans, refraction, and multipass support. Multipass. Uh, Lelu multipass. Um, so this is phenomenal because those are some of the things that really affect performance the most. Um, fixes were also submitted for tessellation partitioning for planet ground fog. Thank goodness. Cause that, yeah, all, all these things where, you know, you, you'll be flying like with my machine back home, my desktop, I get phenomenal performance in some areas. And then out of nowhere, I will go to land on a moon and there's a ground storm or some fog or something like that. And I'll go from 80 or 90 FPS to like 30. And it, yeah, it's like, wait a minute, what was, what's going on? What happened? And it's just because it hasn't been ported over to Gen 12 yet. Uh, soon TM. <laughs> uh, for the Vulcan backend, the team fixed issues caught by the validation layer, including mismatched texture types and mismatches of unused vertex, vertex input attributes, which are now reflected on the shader. Uh, sweet. They're working on the Vulcan backend. Uh, hopefully, the the progression of implementation of that uh, will be 
will, will go fairly smoothly with you know now that they're wrapping up Gen 12. Uh, for the render to texture system, the team fixed the crash caused by the for the render to texture system, the team fixed a crash caused by the wrong resolution being calculated when the screen resolution was changed, along with an issue with RTT holograms occasionally pixelating. Uh, I think render to texture is a, a system that once they get it working right, you know, and, and functioning systemically like everything else, it will be really cool to be able to in-game call your friend and you go, you're looking, yeah, and and they'll be able to see your character on your Moby glass with you talking and they'll be able to see your background or whatever or in your ship, you know, it'll pop up on their Moby glass or on a HUD uh, or uh, not a HUD, one of the the displays on their ship. I, to me, that's a a feature that I think is, is just really cool and it adds a lot of immersion that you wouldn't otherwise have and not just your character but npcs mm-hmm. you know uh, like npc RTT, mission giver yeah rtt has a lot of much further reaching than a, a phone call um yeah. it's also um that's just visualiz- the example i always remember yeah. Yeah. visualizing your cargo or mm-hmm. um a holographic version of your ship yeah, uh, uh, it's what you will use for your, you know, um, uh, for like remote cameras on your ship. Um, I think that they're going to be using it for when part of how we're going to be using um, the remote tractor beams for vehicle based tractor beams. Because I remember them talking about it when I think I remember correctly when they're talking about what they're working on for the whole sea with the. Um, the screens that you interact with to utilize the, the remote tractor beams, but yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Uh, they might even use it for certain uh, mapping systems. So if you got like an interior mapping, they might also use RTT for that. Like, Ooh, yeah. And if, if you've been in any patches and called someone when it works, it is just the most mind-blowing amount of immersion. Um, and like they launched this years ago and they had all the ATCs using it. Even though all the ATCs was just the one guy, um, but they had it for some patches. It worked, especially with the uh, the ATC. It it was in and out, uh, mostly out, but sometimes it worked. And the ATC showed up on your ship HUD and said, "Hey, you're you're okay to land." Uh, but that will even be expanded into 3D versions of that call, not just the 2D versions. Um, if you think back to the um, Mario Tour, was it Vertical Slice? Um, when he called the guy from Shubin and he showed up as a giant hologram, that was also rendered to texture. That was uh, just a 3D version of that 2D uh, call that we had that we have in the game currently. Actually, so we will be able to have 3D calls or three holograms of our people we're calling and again maps. So yeah, when when it gets uh polished up and when they actually get all those weird edge cases that's bogging it down done, it will be an amazing piece of communication uh in, <laughs> inside this verse.
So uh, I was just uh, talking <laughs> with Gunnar in chat. And so we were talking about the render detection thing. And he says, being able to check your homestead CCTV while flying around. Yep. And all I could think of was like how now with your phone, you yep. can check your ring doorbell mm-hmm. you know, and see, oh, I just got, you know, somebody just did my, my box mission and delivered my, you know, my, my crate of whatever supplies I need. Yeah, to the the airlock door for my homestead or my outpost. <laughs> I can only imagine, like, also for like ships with a uh, like a back door, like uh, the Mercury, having a camera out the mm-hmm. back. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So everyone can go third party, uh, like, oh, somebody trying to get my ship. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, bugs were also fixed for the level of detail merger. I'm not sure what the level of detail merger is. Um, I think that has to do with as you're approaching things with various levels of detail that they transition more smoothly. Makes sense. I'm not sure. Um, including an update to allow combining objects with more than 64 submaterials. That's the way that reads to me, but I'm not positive. Right. Um, yeah, it, it would be like the um, sort of uh, item version of you know, when you're flying around on a planet and you've got the popping in of en- you know entities, whether they're trees, bushes, plants, whatever, um, it would be like that. But as you approach a building or a ship or a character or anything like that, you know, as you get closer to it, the, the levels of detail transition more smoothly. Yep. Um, they also investigated issues with the rendering of invalid static shadow region entities. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shadow Region. Yeah, that sounds like a, a name for a, a game with orcs and, and dark elves or something. Um, significant progress was made on the hair shader too. Yes, including updates to graying controls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, graying. Yeah, I want to. I want some realism. Realism. Gray Show controls, me the grayness of my beard. That. That's that'd be really cool if that was like an option that you could like actually have control over in your character creator. Like yeah. you pick your hair and your hair color, and then you slide it to gray, and not necessarily like gray, but it, it realistically converts your hair in age. Because not mm-hmm. all hairs convert to gray; some just go straight white. Some get yeah. uh, like they just fade in color; they don't completely go to gray. Um, and some uh-huh. like blonde, some blonde shades just go like lighter yellow they don't mm-hmm. go quite to gray so I, i'd be really cool if that was just a age option and not necessarily a just take whatever color yeah. it is and go and to i want my my character instead of starting out at 28 years old to start out at 45 with th- you know three kids and two ex-wives <laughs> you gotta um, fill out that form remember yeah yeah I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> um Variation tiling, I'm not sure what that is. Uh, and melanin selection, which is obviously your, your skin tone. Oh, is that like dynamic now? Like it's a it's a slider slider? I guess. That's I'm so assuming. cool. Cut. Mine's going to be yeah. at zero, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> grew up in a cave on Pyro 4. <laughs> I grew up in New Babbage, okay? We yeah. have sun filtering windows and we live in... <laughs> biodomes okay we go outside dress head to toe gloves three pairs of socks a hat glasses goggles and then a helmet okay (laughs) our skin does not see that cancer causing orb in the sky (laughs) 
Oh, that's so cool. Variation tiling, though, that is an odd one. In between gray controls and melanin controls. Hmm. Variation tiling. Of what? I don't know. Because um, it's weird that that's in there in between hair and melanin. <laughs> What's tiling? Yeah, hair what's... shader in yeah. variation. I want. I don't know. Um, I don't know why they call it tiling, but I, I was thinking maybe of like layering. Um, oh, so I, I, yeah. I dated a hairstylist and was engaged to her for a while, um, and like you know they can layer color within. Mm -hmm. So it's not all one color. Yeah, yeah. and and fades and. Um... Yeah, layering also with the, the the how much hair, like you want it to layer properly from the back of the neck to the top of the head. Mm -hmm. I've seen it done badly too. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the Karen haircut. Yeah, <laughs> among others. Yes. Yeah. VFX uh, uh, pro programming continued investigating offline damage maps with persistence. They also continued implementing uh, IM GUI debug tools for damage maps and a dynamic bit set data structure for damage map queries. Changes were also made to damage map materials alongside optimizations to hit processing and rendering. Um, all of this, I think, is directly uh, applicable to the physicalized damage. And what, do you remember what the full name of that sprint is? It's physicalized damage and uh, breakability. Ah. I think that this is work related to that. Um, I'm not sure what offline damage maps and persistence mean. Um, uh, basically I'm guessing just, it means it storage, just means storing the damage locally. state. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, okay. it's not. It doesn't like. Uh, hey server! I just got hit. What am I supposed to look like? You're supposed to look oh, like this okay. ship. Yeah, okay, I look of, like this. I got hit again, server. What am I supposed to look like? You you look it like calculates this calculates the, the physics of the damage, and then you render it. You know, and yeah. then you know the um, the server also tells the person anyone else seeing it. You know, this is what happened, but it calculates on the client side, yeah. not on the server side. Uh, what they're it's moving to specific it, mesh. Yeah, what they're moving to is kind of a a both scenario with a lot of their tech, where they'll. Mm -hmm read one thing on the client and the server will say something and then they'll compare notes and then if they're different server takes over yeah so, server authoritative yeah. yeah so client says i got hit here so i look like this damage server says you got hit there but you look like this damage and they'll say okay when it goes to the server the server will then say back this is actually what you look like yeah. um, and it should yeah usually the, the client should be you know right you know uh, most of the time right occasionally swap it out right uh the last thing is the planet tech team focused on bug fixes to help unblock the sandbox teams uh to me that's huge um because the sandbox teams you know we've got the there's eu sandbox one and two and isn't one of their a sandbox team in montreal that's sandbox one. Oh, oh you're right yeah right. you're right you're right you're right you're right yep Mon montreal sandbox one yeah eu sandbox okay. one and two yeah. and then montreal sandbox so nope. three sandbox teams, three sandbox teams working on a ton of stuff. And all sandbox teams are persistent universe, not Star Citizen. It's three teams of full-featured devs 
yeah. dedicated to bringing stuff into the um, the start into the in, PU and making the PU feel full. Yeah, and they are yeah. doing uh, like nothing really has come out. Not much has come out from these teams, but the stuff they're working on is so darn good. Mm-hmm. And it will just next year is going to be intense. It is going to be very intense. And one well, and they are they are between with the tools that uh, the Montreal Tools team is building. They're building these tools for the sandbox teams. And so we've got, you know, uh, the EU sandbox two is small because they're just, they just built it. They just started that team. Um, and so it's, they're, they're going to be filling out that team more. Um, but these teams are all dedicated to taking these star systems that the planet tech team um, can build like that. You know, they, they can build star systems. We need five rock planets. planets. Done. Yeah. They, they can do that super fast, but these sandbox teams are for filling in the star systems and the planets, you know, and the space in between with stuff, with content, with locations. Um, and so if they are um, fixing, if the planet tech team is able to f- fix bugs that they are preventing the sandbox teams from being as productive as we want them to, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big statement in a small sentence. Yeah. Here, here's uh, an overzealous also... uh, thought. So uh-huh. maybe maybe two tinfoil hats for this one. Um, no, no. So we get server meshing Q one ish next year, and then somewhere near year half, we get. Uh, I mean, it's still okay. Very much tinfoil hat. Very unlikely. Very very out there. Nix comes in because it's almost done. But while they're getting Nix ready. They're also working on the next system. We get the next system at CitizenCon. I would not be surprised. Because Nix is um, just... They've already said they worked on the planet for Nix. Yeah. Uh, Delamar, um, they, they have updated Delamar. They've updated Levski. Um, I would not be surprised if they could finish that updating in a span of a quarter or, or two. Um, and with how big those teams are getting... I would not be surprised if they started the work on the next star system at the beginning of next year as they are wrapping up Pyro, because mm-hmm. Pyro is, is very nearly done already. They're just you know polishing stuff and adding a few things here and there. But once that's done, they don't have much to do for Levski or for, for Nix, because Nix, there's not much else there. Um, if you go look at the star map, it is a pretty barren system. Um, I imagine they'll have some stations there, but I think they'll probably just be sort of set, you know, not as run down as in Pyro. Yeah, all Pyro but, tasks um, run to February, not March. Yeah. Um, but then if Castra is the next system, that is one habited planet, one planet that's used for target practice, and that one habited planet has one major landing zone. They can build a landing zone in six months. Yes, they can. That's how long it took them for... You know, each of the major landing zones, that's how long each one took. Um, and then they did the 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 V2, version 2, in six months after that. With how big those teams are now, I bet you they could do all of Sherman, you know, uh, before, you know, by the end of the year, um, by the end of Q3, if they got to work on it at the beginning of Q1. Um, so I, I think it's definitely possible. Um, so, yeah. And we have, we have talked about Sherman in a different episode. And, and my predictions for the, the Castro system. Um, but yeah, 
uh, oh, last sentence. They also looked at module placement fine tuning for Rastar and God. further developed automatic river placement validation. So uh, two points for that. Uh, uh, module placement fine tuning for Rastar uh, so that they, they could make it, it, that is just so they, they, Rastar is the tool that they use for putting, for building outposts um, and putting down all these different, you know, building block pieces for different structures and, and things that are at outposts, whether it's the ones that we already have or the new ones that we're getting. Rastar is the tool that they use for that. It's also the tool that will be put in player facing, in player hands when we get base building. It's our RTS tool. So, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is an R, yeah, it is exactly an RTS tool, but except for it's modular. Yeah. Um, Instead yeah, of placing down individual. a barracks, you're placing down a living room. <coughs> and you got like yeah, a living room connected by a you know, whatever. And Orison took connected to the garage nine months with both the yeah. pieces. Um, yeah, the the version one and or version one, version two. Yep, right? nine months, January to September. Yeah, so super doable. Um, so. And further developed automatic river placement validation. Okay, so they are continuing to work on that. We will have more rivers in Stanton um, over the next couple, you know, patch or two. I, I would be willing to bet with it with three eighteen, we'll have rivers on. Um, uh, Art Corp. Not Art Corp. <laughs> um, eventually, when they redo Art Corp, then yes. Uh, but uh, more rivers on Microtech, and then. Uh, Rivers on uh, Hurston. Hurston. Oh my gosh, I kept on wanting to say Lorville. It's like, no, Lorville's the city. Uh, <laughs> it's Lorville. Might as well be Lorville. The river tech is the same tech they will use for roads. Roads. We're going to be getting roads to connect all these different settlements together um, in different places, you know, so that NPCs and players can drive ground vehicles around for ground based missions. Um, so, uh, the different planets will be much more connected than they are already. Um, and I'm looking forward to the mission where you have to, um, intercept a, a ground-based convoy or something like that, you know, and yeah, you know, again, Firefly, rob the train. You know. Um, and that is it for graphics and VFX programming and Planet Tech. Back to you for lighting. All right. So while I do this, you want to look for the thing we were talking about last uh, last show about the roadmap where uh, we actually had the tech somewhere on the roadmap that talks about um, AI doing cargo runs. Okay, so lighting. Wait, wait, say that, say that one more time. Okay, uh, cargo runs. Yeah, there's. We talked about something last episode about a tile on the roadmap that specifically had a line about AI doing uh, cargo runs, hmm. moving commodities. Oh, transport. Transport. Uh... Anyway, yeah, you find that. Okay, lighting. The lighting team onboarded a new artist with work on the racetrack currently being added to the surface of Clio. Um. I actually thought this was the level design team, not the lighting team, but the lighting team did. Um, so the Snake Pit racetrack was supported by a new lighting artist. Uh, the team completed a pass on the new gas cloud rest stop station. Gas cloud rest stop stations, all one word, or all one sentence, being added to Arcorp and Marketech's Lagrange points, or the new ones. 
Uh, the team also continued to light the new derelict outposts and ship locations before refocusing on the upcoming colonial outpost location set. And that is, that's all they did. Lots of polish and some uh, new location, or a little bit of polish, new location in the range points on Cleo and colonial outposts. Um, it's the AI utility behavior, but it's Squadron 42 only right now. Oh. It's the AI content team. Implementing the utility AI behavior, the AI will drive vehicles, pick up, haul, and stow carryables, as well as manage the vehicle's cargo bay and inventory. Um, but I think that's something that will get brought over um, into the PU as part of, like, subsumption. Mm -hmm. So not uh, super soon. Yeah. So yep. soon to him. <laughs> Soon. All right, so um, back to you for location, Montreal. We were just talking about them. Uh, oh, that was, that was, is it Gunra? Am I saying it right? Gunra? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, the, well, that's an AI, that's an AI behavior. It's not a, it's, I, I, we will see, um, I believe sooner rather than later, we will see quant the quantum economy and probability volumes where you are flying through space and you come into contact with NPC haulers. Uh, I don't think you need the behavior for that. And virtual the NPCs, uh, the, our virtual AI service uh, finishes up its first work on August or in August. Yeah. Um, Maybe I so. think we'll hear more about quant a lot more about quantum at CitizenCon, um, but I think a, a lot of it will be the probability volume stuff, where you know we talked about with the that with the roadmap roundup episode last week. Um, I think we'll be seeing more missions um, uh, surrounding probability volumes, yeah. uh, where we will see cargo ships you know doing runs and eventually seeing. Um, whether we'll see AI traffic moving around the stations and because um, there's, you know, the, the landing behavior and the landing splines, um, that's the kind of stuff that will allow AI to take off from a station and then fly down to Lorville and land and drop off, you know, people, um, drop off cargo, and you will be able to see that stuff. And if you, you know, if you follow, the, you know, it won't just be faked. It will, hey, if you follow them around, you watch them do the whole behavior. They'll land down here and they'll pick up, you know, drop off this cargo, pick up more cargo, go back up into space, and you'll see them quantum to another station. I'm sure people will yeah. start stalking NPCs. <coughs> oh, yeah, there will be whole machinimas where <laughs> you just stalk one NPC, you know, around like, oh, my gosh, it's an actual living, breathing NPC going about doing their working behavior. That's what they want to get to. Uh -huh. Um I think we'll see the simplistic version probably next year as they continue to iterate on server meshing um, and are able to support, uh, better support the backend services like Quantum. Um, the full, very um, immersive aspect, I don't think it will be at that point, but maybe later you know, or you know, not too far along. Um, so back to me for locate. Uh, 
locations Montreal. Yep. Uh, major focus throughout June was bug fixing, polishing, and addressing Evocati feedback on the derelict reclaimer settlement and space missions. The Lorville cityscape progressed through the white box phase. The outskirts of Lorville were added and placed with the proper scale. Um, here's a quote. With these new outskirts, we now have a better idea of the scale of the new Lorville. Hint, it's bigger. <laughs> um, exclamation point. Validated. Yeah. Bigger. Okay, exclamation point. Much bigger. Uh, they also validated Lorville's transit system to ensure it could be modified to fit the city's new layout. A new crash site containing the 600i and Mercury derelicts is approaching a white box complete. Nice. The team refined the composition and placement of the two ships to create a compelling settlement that will give a different flavor than the Re Reclaimer derelicts. Interesting. Wait, is it both of them um, in one? That's what. I, so I had that same question. It, it sounds like it's both of them in one, but when they showed it off, they they I mean they only showed the crashed ships uh, yeah. from that summit. Um, so because it says the it composition kind of and placement of the two ships. Yeah, it would be kind of weird that they'd be both right next to each other, but I don't know. Well, if weird. they collided, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, they're they're not the most maneuverable ships, but yeah. Um. Yeah, who knows? Um, they shot each other down. So my thoughts were, were with the first release of the new Derek system and how polishing uh, and then polishing how to produce them. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how the new derelicts for the ships, um, you know, uh, it, whether it's just derelict ships, but also the derelict settlements. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're not only working on the derelict ship themselves, but the set, you know, of a settlement, you know, because it'll be a probability volume. You know, it, it, there's a, you know, um, you know, there's a chance that, you know, a, as this NPC is flying past this planet or flying, you know, around the orbit of this planet, that they'll experience some sort of, you know, it'll be a probability volume that will say there's a 0.01% chance that the, a, this ship will crash. And eventually, you know, a thousand will go by, but, uh, one will crash, and then it will be there and until somebody finds it you know it will continue to age and blah 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 but then that same probability volume will influence whether um or, or factors within that same probability volume will influence whether it's just a derelict or um whether a settlement pops up around it whether it generates a mission you know to recover this or that or not or if it just goes unfound you know these are the randomized things that will influence the, the derelict itself um, but it'll be really interesting to see how these progress, you know, because they just did the reclaimer. Um, we already have the old ones. Um, that all be, those will probably get refactored into this new system that they're building for it. Um, but they're working on the MSR on the 600i. Um, and, you know, who knows what it'll look like for, for ships beyond that. You know, um, certain ships will be pretty rare to see a derelict of. Others will be more common. The randomness of this system, um, you know, will, will make it really interesting. And you know, the the fact that these probability volumes will be random and yet not, you know, uh, the, they'll be different around planets with vo you know volatile weather um, or with high gravity. You know, it'll change those volumes. And you know, you'll go to a, a high gravity planet and you'll find more more wrecked ships. You know, uh, they won't be super plentiful, but they'll be more plentiful than a random. You know, or a low gravity moon or something like that. So, um, 
And I'm super looking forward to seeing an ISC episode showing off uh, new Loreville. I can't wait to see um, Loreville updated in all its glory uh, and having it look, uh, having it, it be to scale. Because right now it does look kind of funky with it being a whole city and it being something you can fly across in a matter of seconds. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it realized. Of Lorville, um, that is actually going out to week one Q two twenty twenty-three. So I actually just found a button <laughs> which I didn't exactly know existed. It's the quarter one button that's been there the whole time. So when you start the progress tracker, it starts up in two quarter uh, mode. And I always instantly put it to a year so I can see more. If you actually put it down to one quarter, it shows you per week. So it shows you the schedule per week, and it actually oh. drives. You can actually see that stuff is scheduled out to this week of that quarter. So yeah, week one, mm-hmm. Q two, twenty twenty three is the end of the Warville Cityscape um, task. Um, if we do building interior, if this thing would actually let me do it, it's also scheduled out to week one. 2023 Q2. Coincidence? I think not. Why is it not pulling up when I'm searching deliverables? L O R. It doesn't search for. Uh, you have to search for Cityscape, not Lorville. Don't ask me why. Maybe capitalize Lorville? I don't That's know. That's really weird. I don't know. No, does capitalize lowercase Lorville? Nope. It just don't, oh. It just doesn't. It just doesn't search Lorville. Anyway, uh, in-game branding, Montreal team. Uh, this is only a Star Citizen thing. Okay, so first, the t- first task of revisiting all landing zones uh, signage to make it easier for players to orient themselves. Uh, quote: This is an uh, ideal mandate since it is develop- developing a close working collaboration with the existing teams. The philosophy of this team is to listen to the community and leverage every aspect of in-game brand to offer a better player experience. And also, like, to give more life to stuff that's in the game. Like, in-game branding is uh, not only signage for how to get to this train station, but it's also um, a good, like, intro into stuff you haven't seen yet. So, like, you see a center mass branding or ad somewhere, and then you go to center mass, and like, ah, I've seen this somewhere. Like, actually using the whole what ads in real life are meant for to, to make you think of it or to entice you to go there. Um, hopefully that kind of stuff is actually put in. Um, it says they also start tasks for an upcoming in-game event. And that is the in-game branding section of the report. So it is now back to you for story, and I will be right back. Okay. Um, so gameplay story. Gameplay story began June, and this is for Squash 42. Uh, gameplay story began June implementing the last of the mocap data captured at the end of April, which allowed them to complete several scenes, scenes to a high standard. It also enabled them to deliver a new scene featuring an NPC dragging a refueling hose over to the Gladius and plugging it in. Further polish work is required, but the scene is already visually interesting. Uh, Mid-June saw saw a new mocap session with the team preparing to work with the data when it arrives. 
uh, towards the end of the month, maintenance and pose updates were done for several story, story scenes. The team also updated all bunk bed and mess hall scenes to ensure they correctly handshake with the AI. Um, and I'm just, I have to say that I, I really love how much effort they put into making all the mocap and behaviors work together to look seamless and believable. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we've talked about how things can look kind of jank right now and a little bit awkward, um, but they're really putting out a lot of polish and effort into it for Squadron 42. And eventually that, that will translate over to the PU. Um, and they've talked, they always, they, they frequently talk about mocap sessions um, in the monthly report, especially with gameplay story uh, and animation. Um, and in recent ISCs, Jared has talked about the, you know, has been shown off with his hard hat and his vest at the new studio in uh, in Manchester. Um, I forget the name of the building, but they have this giant mocap studio being built next door. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, I, I hope that we get an ISC or an SCL showing mocap being done and talking about the mocap process or, or showing off the new studio and why it's so important to what they're uh, what they're doing because i really think it's uh integral for not only the, the pu but especially the follow-on episodes of squadron 42. um you know i think it'll get used some for this first episode but it'll be really important for the following episodes to really get um, episode two and episode three out the door a lot faster than uh, episode one and Nazar says back just in time for level design. Level design. All right. One of my favorites. Uh, let's see. The FPS team moved on three new chapters. Uh, moved on to three new chapters. Two more in the pipeline for the coming weeks. Alongside the other level design and system teams, the space dogfight team continued to focus on getting a large part of the game fully playable. The dogfight, the space dogfight team, continued to focus on getting a large part of the game fully playable with functioning mechanics. Just want to make sure I said that twice. Continuing to implement all in-game scenes, all uh, con conversations, breakouts, and rejoins, social design work, close social design work closely with social AI to implement some of the expanded systemic, yeah, systemic content. That is a lot of getting stuff done. And that is a all squadron focused stuff. Um, large part of the game playable, all in game scenes, conversations, breakouts, uh, and rejoins. All of it. Like, that's a good chunk of the game. Just done. Ticked off, done. Um, we, we, again, I, I don't think it's next year, but it'd be 2024. I think we will see a release of Squadron. Um, it, it's gonna, be it like next year will tell like how much of the game's actually done but it there's not a ton of stuff to go like as far as like what we actually need for it uh stuff um, that goes out there's two chapters so paul and i have a have a running bet okay and um my my bet is that they will announce squadron 42 at invictus launch week next year Ah, yes. With a um, expected release around Invictus Launch Week 2024. So there is seven out of 20 chapters that hit the wall of the current schedule. The set, uh, 
the most of those chapters, like the the team for those, mm -hmm. um, are downstream teams. They only get updated one quarter at a time. Okay. But some of them have ended already, and some of them right. are due to end. So let's see: one, two, three, four, five. Not that one. But also, those aren't a great indicator of the one, level two, three, of lateness of the attack. There's only nine that have still more schedule after today. Which all the downstream teams have already been scheduled this, this quarter. No, it's not great, in, including of like the entire game being done, but the base game and polishing on top of it. like It's a great indicator of moving into like mostly polishing no longer edition. Yep. Like these are the nope, I agree. These chapters are most I think it, game. I think it'll be pretty much I don't think it'll be feature complete and in beta this time next year. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. That's just my 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 bet. Uh and, but yeah, Paul and I have a, a running bet. Um he thinks it'll be later. Um he thinks at the earliest um Q, like, uh, I think he said Q3 or Q4 2024, um, but I think he was, uh, I think he was betting more towards 2025, um, but we have a, a bottle of scotch writing on it, so nice. we'll see. Kind of want to say earlier now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. And so that was level, right? Yep. And so now it's back to me for narrative. Yep, narrative. two narratives. <laughs> Narrative uh, for the PU. During June, the narrative team spent time on their remaining tasks for Alpha 317.2, including getting strings for new items, missions, locations, and vehicle liveries ready to be added to the patch. Meanwhile, the team continued to work on a new mission archetype planned for a future release. More narratively intense than other missions, it has been an exciting challenge for us to figure out solutions for offering the players a compelling story while ensuring replayability and scalability. New mission archetype, and they're vague about it, and it is more narrative intense. I wonder what it could be. Um, I think that was a general take, a general for statement release, on narrative intensity. Because uh, they need to, like, yeah. a box mission. Like If you're if you're trying to do a, a start-to-finish game, you can put as much story as you want in there. You don't need to worry about that, that single box mission being played hundreds of times but for this mm -hmm. game you need to make sure that you have general story beats that you can continue to replay and that's a, a thing that not yeah. a lot of games go through to trying to give the story but also give a vague enough story to be uh, reproducible at the same quality at scale mm -hmm. yeah with variations and yeah. stuff yeah. Um, additionally, the writers created several scripts and had a recording session for the frontier vendors who will populate bars and shops in the more remote corners of the universe. Pyro. These line sets were expanded to include the ability, well, not just, you know, Pyro, but um, <laughs> Pyro and beyond. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, people always forget about the star map, but there are lots of other systems that are similar to Pyro. And not all of them outside the UE. Yeah. And not all of them are super lawless. Some of them are just frontier systems. And they're not as, you know, they're not super piratey, but they're also, you know, not, um, you know, civilized or 
overly settled. Mm. Um, to do, these line sets were expanded to include all uh, include the ability for the vendors to offer players jobs and missions in preparation for when that mechanic becomes available. Cool. cool. Not just buy you know, a drink, you know, get some armor, but you know, hey, I've got a job for you. You know, if you're interested, that'll be that'll be cool. Um, you know, not just you know an actual verbal mission giver that isn't you know full on te- you know Ticha Pacheco. Um, June also saw the team conduct narrative reviews of a few upcoming vehicles. Mm. Um, during these reviews, the team meets with the designers and artists to look at each vehicle's smallest details to ensure the lore is consistent throughout. This led to the team writing up set up suggestions for several new decals. Um, so we know that they deprioritized ships like the whole D and E and B uh, to allow for concept artists to work on several, uh, I think there was three unannounced vehicles that were added um, to the progress tracker. And so I imagine the narrative team is helping them work through these as well as ones that are already in progress. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I really appreciate that they um, go to that much effort to make sure that all these things line up with the lore and are lore accurate. Um, and uh, if you're interested in the lore, and if you're not interested, you know, in the lore, you should be interested in the lore. Um, the Paul Shelley over at AstroPub uh, does the Lore Citizen podcast with Jail and um, Algorid. Um, I myself have been a guest, but they just did an interview with Dave Haddock, who is the director of the narrative team. Like he is the the grand poobah of all things lore and narrative, uh, and it was a really interesting interview. I highly, um, I, I strongly suggest you go and listen to it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the uh, finally, the team celebrated first contact day with the community, which involved writing Xi'an and Banu language posts. On top of that, an in-depth look at Brentworth Care Center was republished and several new articles were acted, uh, added to the Blackpedia. If you haven't read the in-depth look at Brentworth Care Center, um, I cannot say this enough. Lore influences gameplay. It is not just fluff. Lore matters. The in-depth look at Brentworth Care Center um, tells you in very in no uncertain terms indirectly that there will be variation in hospitals in the game. They will not be all the same. They will not, you know, not all hospitals will be created equal. You will have incentive to go, you will have incentive and reasons to choose which hospital you go to. Um, And that is written in the lore. And just because it isn't apparent in game doesn't mean it will be a thing, but it was so plainly obvious to me when I was reading through that, that, oh yeah, Brentworth is going to provide, you know, uh, is going to provide a different level of care, you know, and it will cost you more, um, but it will do, you know, they will, they'll, they'll have, there'll be benefits to going to Brentworth versus going to Maria Purecart. Um, <coughs> pardon me. So if you haven't read it, go read it. You'll see what I'm talking about. It is no different than hospitals now. Same effing thing. People will pay you. Know, so sidebar tangent. In real life, my real life job, I am a flight paramedic. 
I fly in helicopters and planes to take people from one, you know, either from the scene of an accident or, or from where they are found, um, be they sick or injured, to the hospital. And many, many, many times I have transported patients from one hospital to another because they needed a higher level of care or because they have specifically requested to go to this hospital for this procedure um, because they didn't want to have it performed at this hospital because not all hospitals are created equal. They have different levels of capabilities and different levels of funding, you know, and you get different levels of care uh, and your hospital in um, downtown Dallas, that is a county hospital, is far different than the one in uptown Dallas um, that is uh, run uh, as a by a for-profit company that caters to people who have good insurance and lots of money. And even, even in personal experience, uh, people will be transferred because specialists are in a specific yeah. hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, like, like some things can be done either place, but there are some certain people that you will not get this procedure done anywhere else except by a specialist. And so you will need to be transferred. And with the amount of granularity they're going for NPCs, they're probably going to have some specific things you cannot get anywhere else but specific hospitals. Hospital surgeon is a um, is a character and an AI character NPC character within the game that they're working on, and I would be willing to bet that at different hospitals you have different types of surgeons, and you might not be able to get a you know in Lorville you might not be able to get a new grown limb, you know a, a cloned limb. They'll give you a prosthetic and you know clunky uh, robot arm. Yeah, clunky robot arm versus brand new, you know, a, a clone version of your old arm. And yep. there will be and then maybe at buffs Babbage, and debuffs and yeah. that sort of stuff. And then maybe at Babbage you get a sleek, shiny robot arm, but not mm-hmm. a grown one. And, and if you go get treated in New Babbage, your uh, what you call like a your, your convalescent period, you know, you just have this you know pr- you know serious procedure, and you're feeling under the weather, and you're tired and fatigued, and you're still healing. You know, your convalescent period at Brentworth will be shorter, you know, or something like that than if you go to Maria Purepart. You'll pay more, but you'll be back at 100% run speed and 100%, you know, um, uh, like uh, stamina, you know, sooner than you would at, you know, from Maria Purepart, that sort of thing. Um, go read the lore post and you'll be like, oh my gosh, Tree's right. And I'll be like, yes, I know I told you so. <laughs> Medicine is what I do in real life. It's what I want to do in game. I've read all the things. Um, so uh, narrative squadron 42, uh, June saw narrative continuing to sync with design. This involves moving through the updated mission flow, assessing whether the existing lines still sell the intended story moment and whether they provide clarity on how to properly progress. Yay, using narrative <laughs> to, to guide you through the game versus handholding not you know follow this line you know to here yeah i think that's super cool um if they find a situation where the existing lines don't apply or oh my gosh pet peeve um everybody skip 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 the dialogue and then just follow the the markers and it's like no listen somebody put work and effort into this this is part of the story of the game this is what gives it character and body and you know you're just skipping all the dialogue options because you're in a hurry to level up. Lame, boring. Uh, well, that's why I'm glad think... that Squadron 42 and Star Citizen are separate games. Yeah, 
if they find a situation where the existing lines don't apply, they discuss a modification or addition. These sinks also provide the opportunity to deepen the narrative experience, be providing a backstory for the location or its inhabitants. Very cool. Nice. Um, very much a cinematic uh, story-driven experience versus, you know, arcadey. The team then moved on to another of the larger set piece levels and outlined the prospective scripts and characters. Once decided, they'll generate scripts and placeholder recordings so the rest of the del development team can hear and react to the content in situ. Um, Narrative also developed ideas for in-mission collectibles. Ooh, cool. Uh, war trophies, yes, please. I have a number of them uh, on my desk in my bookshelf back home. Um, discuss the presentation and tone of the mission objectives and outline the hint system that will help lost players. Uh, finally, the producers from all disciplines coordinated to ensure that all remaining tasks were identified and tracked. The narrative team specifically is going to be entering an interesting but intensive production schedule to capture any of the placeholder content that's been validated in playthroughs. Can you, can you read that like first um, first sentence again of that last paragraph? Finally, the producers from all disciplines coordinated to ensure that all remaining tasks were identified and tracked. All remaining tasks. Yes. Every task they know currently know of. Yes, there will be more as they work through things, but dang. Finishing and polishing. Dang. Uh, okay, I, I I might need to enter your guys' bet with an earlier prediction. Yeah. Ooh, uh, that is oh, all. It's interesting that that tasks. was in narrative, but it is. Still but it said it said producers from all disciplines to ensure all oh, yeah. remaining tasks were identified and tracked. Yeah. They know uh, currently everything they need to do to get squadron on store shelves yeah that's kind of the way i read it yep it, does that mean that uh, they're working on everything no but it means they know of everything yeah uh and that's it for narrative back to you for qa yay qa the the oddly technical but super necessary and awesome team the guys who give us basically game to play <laughs> unsung heroes absolutely uh so qa focused on the alpha 3.17.2 patch and immigration uh from their supported team streams uh for ai integration checks were completed for new updates to existing features before they hit the main branch they also updated existing checklist documents in in accordance with the new features coming uh for testing from the development teams the embedded location testers continued to learn the editor and team's workflow to better support them by creating test levels. Focus last month was on room system and the tools used to create outposts and stations. Regular space. Okay, that works. Um, <laughs> regular landing zone checks also continued. I have so much money to spend. They haven't deteriorated. <laughs> Uh, for the engine team, QA continued to focus on page heap testing to ensure uh, on top of the memory or to keep on top of the memory issues in game. They also continued to learn flow graphs and, and coding for automation use. Lastly, the tools team continued to receive support with the testing of their core tools. So lots of very in-depth uh, 
of uh, I really need to convert that over to um, OBS so I can actually use it on my uh, not uh, podcast streams. Um, but lots of like getting better acquainted, onboarding people, and making sure that they can be doing the best work they can for the work they have to do and supporting the teams that are doing the work that they need to eventually work on. I know that's a long, complicated sentence, but anyway. QA, doing the QA stuff that they do. Funny hat. You really did funny hat, really? I wanted to see what it did. It means I have to get up and get a hat. Oh, well then. Um, dance, dance, monkey, dance. Yeah, when, I, when you start yours, I'll get my hat. Jeez, can't believe you've done this. Um, Squadron 42 QA. QA supports cinematics by re reproducing issues found during development and chasing up outstanding bugs still causing issues for the team. General focus throughout June was on bug validation and reporting the stuff that they let community members do. So get on the issue, cancel, and report bugs. Uh, and recording scenes for review. They also made a push for editing, testing, editor testing to ensure tool the tools used <laughs> by the team are working as intended, ensuring the development workflow remains stable. You're having so much fun, aren't you? I had. I still have eighty five hundred. I have infinite. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> you only show up on the recording, right? It, well, I can't hear it, so. <laughs> Oh, hilarious! Oh, well, they're, they're because very I loud. have, yeah, I have uh, Twitch muted, so oh, I, <laughs> I just see. see the thing on the screen. Yeah, they're very loud. All right, so yeah, uh, unless you got anything, it's your your show with the tools team in Montreal. I'll stop spending my my credits. <laughs> <laughs> the tools team continued rolling out Mighty Bridge to all teams and organized workshops on how to use it. Uh, the programming team began tackling two major topics, wrapping up the ability to bring geometry from the editor into Houdini and UX improvements to Mighty Bridge. <coughs> Pardon me. On the technical art side, the, procedure, the procedural location creation tool is progressing well, with the team expecting to put the first version into the hands of the team soon. Advancements were made to a suite of asset scattering and environmental integration tools. For example, the first pardon me, the first prototype will be a tool to create a destruction tra destruction trail behind crash spa crashed spaceships in derelict settlements. Instead of having to edit by hand, the environment artist will be able to draw a spline that will automatically create the trail before adjusting a set of variables to make the trail look exactly how they want. This type of tool can represent gains in productivity. For example, creating a troll, creating, I said troll, creating a tool or a trick, creating a trail by hand, mother, mother of girl, by hand took an artist around a week. This tool should reduce the time to half a day. That's impressive. So I got to say, Mighty Bridge is so cool. Um, I really hope that they, they've only briefly shown it off before um, when they were at that Montreal summit. Um, it was uh, Xylo. Showed us some clips of it, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and um, I really hope that they show off more of the use of Mighty Bridge by the different teams um, uh, to show how quickly they can use it to create content. Because um, I, I don't think people appreciate it, uh, appreciate I the, mean, the impressiveness of that tool. They really need to monetize the crap out of that one. Like, that is, yeah. that is something other studios 
will want. As long as they're working with CryEngine slash Lumberyard slash whatever Lumberyard is now, it will be mm -hmm. a very useful tool. Yeah. Honestly, I don't... They can probably... If they, if they produce it, they can probably get someone to make plugins to adapt it to other game engines. If they make an Unreal version of that, that is going to... That's going to sell a lot. Yeah. It's... It's an impressive piece of tech, and I don't. I think people have just sort of glossed over it. Um, same thing with the procedural location tool. Mm -hmm. um, so between Mighty Bridge and procedural location tool, all the tools that the Planet Tech team use, um, you know, and, and the environment teams use, um, people think that it's going to take forever to take to create Star Citizen's universe. Yeah, and it's like no. No, no, no. Everybody, no it's only taking forever. Oh my sure. gosh. It's, yeah, it's taking forever to build the tools um, and to build the team to use the tools. Uh, but it will not take another, you know, 10 years to make, you know, one star system. It'll take 10 years to create 100 star systems. But, you know, the, the rate at which they, will, they can build these star systems and fill them with content using these tools it is astounding um, especially given the size of cig as it is right now and what it's growing into with the funding that they have um, with mighty bridge with the procedural location tool with all the planet tech uh, the planet tech and planet tools environment tools the the tools that they use to make the the stations and uh, landing zones um, all those things in the hands of the sandbox teams will allow them to build out star systems and fill the locations within them full of things to see that will, you know, and, and go to and then ultimately do in those star systems far more quickly than what we have experienced previously. You know, um, it, it is... Stanton it has just been the proof of concept that they use to build the tools. Now they're going to turn them loose you know, over the next several years to this massively growing team to just go, absolutely, you know, instead of just working on one star system, they're going to be working on like four, five, six, ten at a time with these, you know, the, the, the scope of the, and size of these teams. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the Sandbox teams are being set up to each uh, do a planet or a star system independently. So every sandbox team would. I would. I would assume that's the goal. That way they can be working on well, currently yeah. three star systems at once. Yeah. Ultimately, they'll probably have like. Yeah, and I would assume that you know ultimately they'll be having you know more sandbox teams as they continue to grow. And as you we know, get closer, have five. Yeah. And each one's working on the star system. And each one can complete a star system, you know, in three months. You know, the, yeah, it's just crazy. And when you think about it, it, that's the other thing that people don't think about. And people don't look at the star map enough. You know, oh, it'll take forever. And it's like, no, they can make a planet in a matter of days to weeks. They can make a new star system, you know, in a matter of a couple months. And like, oh, it takes so long to build a, a city. It, it took, you know, nine months to build all of Um, or some team with, you know, even fewer tools, you know, and it, we, people don't realize that 
there are only about 30, 32 actual full-scale landing zones in the game. There, there's about perfect. 28 to 32, depending which one. Yeah, that's <laughs> four. It's a one thing, like, and we have four systems. fully fleshed-out cities, like... A thousand planets and moon. Four? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Star Citizen, if you... I, I went through. I, it literally took me the better part of a week. And I went through every major star system and every planet um, you know, on the star map, and I found all the, um, the the landing zones that are listed in the Lord as it stands you know, now. This is about a year or so ago. Did, did, I, you, no, did you, you make a spreadsheet? I, I did not make a spreadsheet. Oh, now you got to do it again. Or maybe I did, and I, I have to go looking for it. I don't oh. remember. Well, we but know I, I, did, I literally did this while I was on quarantine ah. um, in, in isolation in Afghanistan when I was because I literally had nothing better to do. I was stuck in my little prison cell, and um, I, I think that'd be yeah. A I, good I counted them all out, and there is you know depending on what you count, because some of them are you know like it says you know it's on the map and they talk about it in the lore and it, but it's more like a town. Mm-hmm. It's not a full blown city. Um, and and uh, some of them are just like an overgrown outpost and everything like that. It's mentioned specifically in the lore, and it's the only you know settlement you know say, settlement of any significant size on this backwater planet. So depending on what you count, there's 28 to 32. We already have four of those. Mm. We are literally one seventh to one eighth done. And to, we're with about to have landing zone. Well, no, Pyro doesn't have any landing zones. Pyro doesn't have a landing zone. Pyro, uh, and that I did count Ruin Station within the, the, the 32. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's, we. if you go on the high end, we are one-eighth of the way done. Okay. And if they can, even, even it, with, it, it took nine months to make Orison, even if we got that down to uh, six months on the high end. That's 48 months. That's like, you know, like five, like five years worth of work to make all the landing zones. You know, and, and that's, you know, with basically, you know, semi-current tech and semi-current team size. You know, the, the landing zones, you know, aren't a huge issue, you know, with, with how quickly they could actually get them built you know, given how big, you know, CIG is getting and the tools that they have. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't see it taking. <coughs> People have these doom and gloom predictions regarding this. And I'm like, no, no, you're, you're, you're on drugs. Uh, you're, you're just not paying attention. I promise. All right. Shall we move on? Yep. All right. I just so- hydrated. Tech animation. Uh, this is only a Star Citizen team. So uh, they wrapped up the animation pipeline refactor that they're working on. Involved creating new rigs, tools, and uh, stripping out old code for more elegant and performant solutions. They also continued work on a new system that puts fidelity above all else. Uh, planning was done for the coming quarters. And numerous new character heads progressed towards animation, or progressed, yeah, progressed towards animation support too. That sounds like broken. Uh, yeah, progressed towards animation. 
or progress towards animation support. Yeah, they're done and progressing through towards animation support. There we go. Uh, yeah, so not much as far as tech animation, but tech animation is a very very niche team. Um, it is the animation mm-hmm. that needs a lot of programming, basically. And once you get most of the way through your animation uh, sets or uh, needs, you're not gonna be. They're not gonna be doing a whole bunch. But what they do end up needing to be doing is takes a lot of work and it's very specific. Um, so it says for the uh, fidelity above all else tool, um, although rarely used in gaming. Due to its expense and limitations, this type of system is ideal for performance pieces. So set pieces, cinematics, and stuff like that to get the absolute best out of animation uh, when you have absolutely zero need to worry about um, what your system requirements are. Um, I imagine if possible, they would use that system for the entire game. Um, That would be great if we just had like a toggle for like, I don't care how much RAM and and power this takes. I have a monster computer. Um, So at least going to be putting it in there. Let's see what they actually do with it. And that's all for animation. So unless you got anything, it's back to you for online services. One of the the interesting ones. Um, So online services, uh, Montreal. So Turbulent manages the... uh, all the platform stuff they manage the website um so the it, the uh, the team progressed towards the new login flow implementation and are currently fixing the remaining bugs found during qa review this refactor is, is a necessary step towards the goal of achieving persistent entity streaming so when you log into the game the game and, and the client load all the persistent things and persistent entities related to your account into the game. Um, and so that way that they, they are being managed, um, you know, when, when you log in, it, it, it actually you know, tracks the things and, you know, it loads incorrectly. The uh, team also managed to finish the stream sniper bug, a longstanding exploit allowing players to obtain another player's marker despite not being in the party. So you could, um, you know, do the, that comms call thing to somebody on your server. And even if they didn't accept the call, it would give you their marker. And it was allowing people to, you know, hunt down uh, popular streamers and track them down on the game and just basically harass them. Um, so I'm glad, glad to see that going. Uh, back to you for live tools. All right. Live tools, Montreal. Uh, excuse me. Uh, live tools worked on the design of the new network operation center module. <coughs> dedicated to monitor and troubleshoot login issues which is now ready for de- uh, development yay um the reputation yeah yeah reputation and entitlement modules are now using a new technology to communicate to communicate with sur- with services uh, this migration will eventually be applied to all modules uh, the team also progressed through or progressed with a new feature that lets uh users view players inventories which will be used to troubleshoot ships and equipment issues more easily all right so the first one is a like a kind of like an admin center as far as i understand it here the second one is uh has to deal with what items or services is attached to your character so entitlement what the character owns and is able to communicate with these services 
Um, and also, or entitlement might actually be for services what they're entitled to, so what the services have authority over. And the second one is an admin feature for the CIG devs to view players, so not CIG devs, um, their inventories and their ships to make sure that they can either, one, uh, help when a specific bug is happening, or to see if somebody is using some sort of exploit, which they really don't like you doing. Um, so all good things in the live uh, tools from Montreal. I imagine these will help the devs out a lot. So that is it for them, and it's back to you with the Turbulent Web Platform. And you're Alrighty. subscribing and gifting subscriptions. Thank you, Trey. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so Turbulent Web Platform. Like I said, uh, Turbulent uh, manages the website. They manage all the platforming stuff. Um, for the game, you know, and its deployment. Um, the web team continued to prepare for upcoming promotions and to move forward with expanding the uh, Alexandria product. I think the Alexandria product is the way that the um, the website and the store looks and works. I'm not sure. I don't know much about, about web development or anything like that. Uh, the improvements and product evolution will inc increase ROIs with a global skin and theme library, uh, allowing for a focus on quality performance and updating services. As the, new, as the number of product users continues to grow, the team is focusing on ensuring the tool is both efficient and flexible, allowing the players to gain better insight with consistent branding, communication, and overall content. Um, yeah, there's a lot of updates going on to the website to make it look more uniform um, and congruent with the uh, newer visual style and uh, better functionality. Um, it also has to be much more robust because the website has had difficulties with high concurrency, just like the game um, with events surrounding like Invictus Launch Week and IAE, IAE Inter Intergalactic Aerospace Expo. IAE. Uh, the backend team completed the implementation of a new media management service. Although only used by a small subset of microservices, the media management service will provide much more efficient processing when images are uploaded and retrieved. Interesting. Nice. I'm not sure. I imagine that would probably deal with like shared images mm -hmm. um, between different aspects of the website, like when they add new ships and armor, things you can buy. Things that are added to the lore and to uh, the Blackopedia. So you got like it, ships, you have the issue council, and you have the hub. Mm -hmm. All places where you upload images. Yeah. And that way, when they change things or they add things, it's the same thing across all people who source it mm -hmm. instead of having to upload it to multiple places. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Processing uh, when images are uploaded and retrieved. The team also began standardizing the authorization tokens so that all microservices use the same method across the platform. Okay. DevOps worked on an initiative to completely switch over the web platform to Kubernetes, while Turbulence Experience team continued reworking the customer journey to make it easier and clearer for new users to get into the game. Time was also dedicated to adding features to the new community hub when the with the migration almost complete, yay. The team continued to add moderation tools, user profile pages, Twitch integration, ooh, interesting, and following, uh, and following features. 
Uh, we can't wait to release this into the wild as it will act as the place to be if you want to feel the pulse of the Star Citizen community. So we will be there a lot. The Pathfinders, uh, keeping the... Ooh, I wonder if we're going to have to... Will we change the name of the Spectrum Pulse? Why? That, uh, the, the spec, that'll be a good place to go for items for the Spectrum Pulse. Um, again, I can't wait to see the Community Hub. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know. I don't understand what Alexandria is. I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that. I did read that the, the Kubernetes is a, 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 a Google Cloud-based platform um, for like the scalable deployment of softwares. Uh, so yeah, that's all I've got. Um, back to you, Naz, for UI. All right. So we got UI, both Persistent Universe and Squadron 42. Uh, so UI worked on the star map. Shocking, shocking. Not shocking. Um, can't wait to see that one. Hooked up the quantum travel on contextual menus to make the process more intuitive. Nice. Uh, they also investigated how to show large-scale space clouds on the map. Uh, time was also... Yes! yes. <laughs> time oh, was also... So excited for your star map. ...invested into upgrading the underlying systems to work with persistence. Particularly around vehicles and character loadouts for various game modes. Various game modes. And persistence UI Ooh. work. I don't know how this... I don't know why you would need persistence UI work in various game modes. Or for squadron... Not squadron. Uh, the other uh, arcade modes. I don't know why that's a thing. Tau save us. Um, well... <laughs> Like it already saves your. I wonder if this is just better persistence for uh, loadouts, because it already saves your loadout for the arcade modes. And this has specifically for vehicle. Yeah, but loadouts. if they're, it it does. Uh, it's janky. Um, the loadouts for characters and for ships in the game modes um, could definitely work. Better. Okay. And the, those systems are dated. Okay. Yeah. Um, they've also ported the in-game chat to building blocks as part of an ongoing convert conversion for the lens and visor. Yos. Uh, worked on new approaches to aspect ratios to make it easier for developers to set up really sizable screens. Uh, they also upgraded the new 3D UI card system so that they can easily create layered floating UI with curved surfaces. This will help create better-looking interactive holographic UIs and animated billboards in key areas. A ton of awesome stuff going into UI. I don't know. I I, I really like UI work. Um, I, I should look into like actually like learning some yeah. UI work. I, I, I love UI work. Um, okay, so over to the squadron side. Uh, in the near future, UI will begin implementing more streamlined vehicle HUDs and MFDs for squadron. In, pre in preparation... They finalized the new layouts and visual concepts. These are the, the layouts, I believe, for the oh. specific uh, manufacturer layouts that they've been working on for a while now. And that said, they were going to develop for yeah. Squadron, and when they're done and polished, they will then port them over. So, new layouts yes. and visual concepts, like entire visual concepts. So, absolutely good. 
Uh, for the new star map, the team worked on navigation and began preliminary work to show space clouds. All the same thing as before. I might have... Uh, yeah, that, I just didn't remove the uh, duplication. So yeah, lots of really Still amazing UI work. Exciting. Yeah. And then it's back to you finally. The last subject for VFX. All right, so VFX for the PU for Star Citizen. The VFX team worked on several locations last month, including a Grim Hex Hospital location. Um, I think that's the we're just related to the expansion of the Grim Hex Hospital because it only had a handful of beds, and now it's a lot bigger. Um, several derelict reclaimer variants, planetary and out in space, and some derelict outposts. Work was also completed on an upcoming vehicle, and salvage effects were further iterated. Work was also completed on an upcoming vehicle. I wonder if that's the that's the same vehicle Centurion, yeah, or something else. Yeah. Oh, um, it's the one we were talking about uh, uh, Friday. Oh yeah, yeah the the unnamed unknown one. Yeah, the one that just has VFX yeah. and uh, uh, audio. Audio. Was uh, it audio? Yeah, yeah, it was audio. It, uh, who knows? Yeah, that could just be something that they picked back up, you know, that they couldn't quite finish before. It's just weird that it's its own sprint. Yeah. Like, it's something that has been, it's not tied to another sprint from before. You know, it doesn't go back to whenever, which means it could be something from before the time of the progress tracker. Oh, that's very true, yeah. <coughs> um. Let's see. Finally, optimizations were made to planetary ground storm effects, which had caused performance issues for some players. Me, me, me. <laughs> Everyone, all uh, players, not just you. Due to a change in, yeah. It, namely me, though. Okay. Uh, uh, for some players, due to a change in the planetary data that determines how the effects spawn. Because um, I've I've done bunker missions, mm -hmm. and had it just like tank my frames you know Oof. down to like 25 to 35 from 80 or 90 and other people in my party no no change oh hey. it's like what the hell i've got a, a 30 90 and a 12 900 k um and it was pretty consistent so mm. i'm looking forward to that being fixed because i would i would land and have good performance 60 70 plus frames on the planet go down to the bunker do the mission come back up and like literally as soon as the elevator stops at the top it's just what the hell? Yeah. Ouch. Um, namely, on Hurston, that's the one I noticed. But sometimes, like derelict uh, missions, where you have to go retrieve this or that. You know, you, you go inside the derelict Starfare, and then all of a sudden you come back out, your frames just, you know, plummet. Um, VFX for Squadron 42. Last month, VFX worked on a key cutscene involving significant amounts of destruction. <laughs> Last month, VFX worked on a key cutscene involving significant amounts of destruction. Due to the extra complexity of the scene, we spent some R&D time trying different ways to convincingly animate metal structures bending and tearing as opposed to simply shattering like in lots of real-time destruction simulations. Oh my. That's exciting. I have a big uh, guess of what that was. Yeah. <laughs> um... Something something big going big bada boom, but what is it? I was thinking many things, uh, entire city of things. 
That too. It could be that too. Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Significant um, destructions. You know, amounts yeah. of destruction. Amounts of destruction due to the extra complexity of this scene. Yeah. So that reads oh, to me not just like a big ship. Yeah. That's my guess. A city. Yeah. Yeah. The entire city um, being bombarded by vehicles. VFX... Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, VFX concept VFX concept worked on a new suite of energy-based weapons. And, and support was given to the art and design teams across various locations. New suite of energy It's funny they're being so... It's the Volt series. Uh, color me curious. It's the Volt series. Why would, why would they just say that? Because some teams don't, like, know if they're allowed to say that. I got excited about something else. It, it's... Oh. It, it's... But Jake Volt's knows. the energy stuff. It, it's gotta be the Volt stuff. It could be something else. It could, it could very well be... But it's the bolts. Lasers. It's... Ah, yeah, it could. Uh, I want beam. I want some beam weapons on the ground. Reports. Yeah. Yeah. It says that it's see you next month and transmission. There we go. All right, finally got done. It's been almost an hour and a half, or an hour, three and a half hours. Oh yeah. man. Um, Those ones are always always long because there's a lot of ju- juicy stuff and. Juicy things that we go off on tangents on. Yep. But because we have to. Yeah. yeah it, I, I it, think we should probably end this one quick. Um, it's already 1230. Um, yep. And we'll be talking about this for the next couple um, shows anyway. Uh, but to keep it nice and concise, sort of. I mean, the amount of tangents we've been on. Um, Naz, it's been a pleasure. As well. Let's actually get to the ending bit. There we go. There we go. Uh, thank you everyone for coming. Uh, thank you Tree also for your subscriptions and the gifted subscription. Uh, we had actually a good amount of engagement in the chat this time. Uh, so we do, for those who watch it elsewhere, uh, we do engage with the chat here live. Uh, we also are definitely looking for comments wherever comments are uh, commented. Sure. Um, in all of the places where you watch and or listen to this, there are links to the YouTube and to the uh, Discord where you can reach us for more questions or ideas for topics or whatever. Uh, next Monday, we should be doing a quick uh, summary of the roadmap roundup and then into our regularly scheduled, uh, personally written, uh, what are they called? Spectral anomalies and, or no, spectrum pulse and scanner anomalies. I got it right. It's my show and I can't remember what it's called. Um, any closing comments there, Tree? Nope. Boop, boop. I think I've done something wrong. What did I break? Oh, somehow I've muted it. I don't know what I've done. I can't hear you. Um, I have no idea what I've done. Um, no, there's nothing here. I don't know how I've muted him, but I've muted him. I don't know. I've been silenced. Hey, you're back. Any closing comments there? (laughs) No, I've got nothing. Oh, okay. All that, all that worked. All right. Again, thank you everyone for coming. Thank you everyone uh, who came in chat. And I guess we'll see you guys uh, later next time, next Monday. Uh, Sure. Goodbye, everyone. And as always, be kind.